Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. It is episode number 217 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place in the beautiful Buckatorium, lovely Sherrard, Illinois. Ah, man, I forgot the zip code again. (laughs) We've done 217 episodes. I still can't remember the zip code, but I am why uh, that's necessary. I'm not really 100 percent sure. In case you know, in case people want to you know go Google search, it's uh, hey, where's the nearest realist bow hunting podcast? Any zip code? And if you live in short, well, I guess that wouldn't really be relevant either. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm Steve in the in the studio today is Kurt. Hey everyone, Eric. How's it going? And it, I haven't even said this name in such a long time. He's sitting back. I don't even know if he's going to be on a mic. He Tank. doesn't even really want to be in the mic. No. He's just here to hang out. Oh, well, I shouldn't even say anything. Tank Cameron Tank in the building. How's it going? Oh, there you go. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to be here. You're a father now. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of work. That's where I've been. I haven't even been fishing near as much as I usually do. So nice. it's going to be a new year. Well, there you go. You it's finally changing. He's he's already said his goodbyes to his kid. He's out of his life uh, now. Yeah. So. Well, he, you know what? Hey, he's got a kid now, so he finally grew into that dad bod. So. 
<laughs> you still haven't, Steve. No, I'm I, working uh, on mine. I don't know. Speaking of working, I want to give a shout out to the uh, hardworking uh, men and women of the armed forces, namely. Do do do. While Steve ponders in thought, go to, work, <laughs> go to workingclassbowhunter.com, hit the contact form, and hit the veteran shout-out tab, and submit a veteran for our shout-out. I totally didn't see the new update, so my screenshots were uh, a little off, but uh, the vet shout-out is uh, our buddy Jeremy Hildebrand. Uh, got e- uh, emailed us a couple weeks back, um, had some really cool stuff to say. He's an Army, inter- inter- the Army Infantry Vet. Dude, we appreciate all the service that you've provided to this country. We appreciate you listening. Could not do this podcast in English without you. That's right. Thank you for your service. Probably be in Russian or some other uh, non-World War winning uh, language. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) We speak the president's English here. (laughs) All right. Well, moving right along, we got a cool episode today. Uh, We're going to cut through a few things. Um, First, I figure we'll give you guys some deals. Uh, Sniper Hunting Products has teamed up with us and they have trail cams blinds anything on their website you can get 10 percent off go to sniperhuntingproducts.com the code is wcbh10 working class bow hunter 10 just not spelled out you'll figure it out yeah hopefully if not you don't get 10 percent. so yeah go to sniper hunting products google them if you can't uh, if you can't find it just google them like you know, there's no need on this to have thing called the internet. It's kind of just where everything is nowadays. So. <laughs> the yeah. interweb, or we can get that uh, thing. I can't remember who had it, but they were. Uh, I think it was Patrick Perkins who had. Whenever somebody asked, no, it was something. Bud Fisher from Catching. Oh, it was Deers. Bud Fisher. That's who it was. Yeah, how to Google? <laughs> they send a link of how to Google whatever. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, like literally, it's like a little video, and it shows you how to like look something up. <laughs> That's super funny. <laughs> um, also, I want to thank our sponsors of this episode, Elite Archery. Been shooting them for a while, of course, to hear us talk about the ritual. Um, I have a ritual and an E35 and a uh, spirit all in my household. I guess you yeah, you own that because yeah, you are married. So, Well, she owns half your E35, too. Yeah, so yeah. essentially you have an E... Uh, what's 35 divided by 2, Eric? I don't know. Yeah, so exactly. Huh? <laughs> We're not math teachers. This is working class bowhunter. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Half of my elites are my wives, and uh, that's not the way it works, but, yeah, you are right. Yeah, hey, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, Shout out, check out Elite Archery. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to put my brilliant thinking out there, and, uh, yeah, it clearly didn't work, but anyway. This episode is also brought to you by Scent Crusher. The room clean is going to be putting in work after this episode because it is finally spring or we just skip spring we're right to summer yeah it is yeah. pretty much hotter than the motherfucker in here right now i thought you were saying because this episode's stinking <laughs> i thought that's where you're going but i'm glad you reminded me of how hot it was yes yes so check out scent crusher scent elimination at its finest don't gotta worry about it for turkey but if you're hunting in a fragile spot and you don't want those deer to feel that pressure it applies there also. So you hardworking men and women out there, if you're working out in this hot, hot heat, we had snow like two weeks ago. It's like eighty, dude. That that Is, little isn't that crazy? Yeah, it sucks. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that little ozone go in your truck is gonna work wonders, especially if you drive the family vehicle around, or if you're like Stevie, you eat fast food every day. Not every day, pretty much. I mean, not during the day, more like every night, but you know, not every day. Damn, dude, check out Scent Crusher, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to say about that. Also, this ep- this episode is also brought to you by HHA, HHA Sports, the Virtus 22 Rest, 
and all their lovely sites, lifetime warranties, built in the pretty decent state of Wisconsin. I mean, it's okay. The only reason it's really good is because it touches Illinois. Like, honestly, and it yeah, touches Iowa, too. That's debatable, man. <laughs> and for the, for the guests that we have upcoming, it touches Minnesota. But that's the only reason. Like, dude, that's... All right. Wisconsin is the dude who hung out with all, like, the good-looking dudes. Like, that's the only reason why anybody associates with you, because, like, you hung out with all the bros, all the cool guys, and then you, you know, were just that dude. You they're know? a pretty... They're up there in some of our top download states. So the hell I've, was that? And my whatever. dad's from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, and whatever. Some of our best friends are from Wisconsin. Uh, you know what? We're going for uh, Ohio at this point now. Oh, we're Ohio now. Oh, we're we're Team Ohio now. So yeah, right. Okay. Good so deal. Wisconsin later. We're going to Team Ohio. <laughs> Give us like two weeks. We'll be back on Wisconsin. Yeah, hey, Ohio didn't pan out, baby. I'm so sorry. Love you, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I guess we should just, uh, or am I missing something, or should we just cut right into this episode uh, with our guest? I don't know. I owe you 100 bucks. I guess. Oh, yeah. We better talk about that real yeah, quick. Oh, boy. We made a bet. Um, Steve wasn't going to kill a turkey with his bow. And I didn't. You had two days of turkey hunt, mm-hmm. and I bet that you wouldn't do it, and you didn't. So now you, you, you're you going to give the podcast 100 bucks. Yeah. You know what, though? It was uh, it was a fun little little. Uh, weekend hunting i thought i would i was gonna seal the deal there was a turkey that was like full strut 5 30 it was a hen jake gobbler and it flew <laughs> yeah. across the tracks and just got, almost missed getting hit by a train and then the guys were working at like four in the morning on the tracks on a sunday and then that's the story that we just heard no they really no they really were uh yeah they had a redhead but it was a hen and then it gobbled but then it didn't have a beard and then it was yelping and then i heard a gobble and then I saw it though. They sealed the deal. No, when I heard that gobble, because <laughs> shit I, sounds made up. No, it? no, That's no. That's Steve's no. turkey hunting story. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was out there, you know, and I, I was getting hungry. I was so eating I a Casey, I, Casey's breakfast pizza. <laughs> yeah, I brought a whole breakfast pizza into the blind with me. Now. <laughs> I left to get some pizza, and I left my automatic turkey collar on until I got back, hoping the turkeys be in the field by the time I got back. <laughs> Oh, Did dude, that's pizza that's delivered? Offensive, man, dude. They only allow semi-auto turkey collars anymore. Oh, I figured you loaded on, like, your fo- your Fox Pro, like, coyote collar just <laughs> on his phone <laughs> for four hours. No. no, dude, it was, like, Sunday morning about right around 5.45, 6-ish. Dude, I heard that gobble, and I was like, oh, here we go. I started thinking about what I was going to spend the money that you were going to give me on, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make him give it to me in $1 bills. Or fifty cent pieces, and yeah, that didn't pan out. Usually, you think about that after you actually like shoot a turkey. Or I know. Seal you know what I, 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 if you would have done it, I would have paid him in two dollar bills and a blended Bloody Mary. You know what I would have did? <laughs> I would I would have went to the bank and got a hundred dollars in pennies. <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be just great. rolls of change. No man, I I couldn't get it done. I talked to <laughs> talked to Clark. He was having the same issue I was. He's like, yeah, hearing him gobble, we couldn't get anything fired up and to come in. And I I guess I just. Didn't pique any of their uh, curiosity enough to leave uh, leave the one they're with. So, I'm kind of a one turkey a year guy. Like I don't, I don't really care to kill a bunch, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna go casually go next weekend. I, dude, I, I, I if I could have taken a, another day off this week, I mean, you know, we're working overtime now where I'm at. But if I probably could have taken another day off, I probably would have and uh, maybe tried to, tried something else. But had two days to try and get it done with the limited days off that I had, and I didn't with get it done. With a bow, and yeah, didn't get it done, guys. I came up short, uh, not for lack of trying, but for lack of for skill. The first time, oh, yeah. just didn't work out. Didn't work out. I hear you, brother. 
Maybe next time. Maybe Slug. next year. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Let's get right into the business. Yeah, that's super sad. Well, I'm just not going to say anything, and we're going to cut into our guest. I'm really excited about this show. I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff covered. Steve's going to make some dumb comments, and we're going to learn a thing or two. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good description. We'll be back with our guest. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, and as promised on the phone with us, we have Mitch Petrie. He's from the uh, um, Outdoor Sportsman's Group, and he's the uh, the VP of Programming. I don't know if you want me to tell that information, but it's here, and we're probably not going to edit it. Mitch, how's it going? Very good, thanks. No worries. You can tell him uh, whatever you want about me. <laughs> all right. I, uh, well, uh, all right, in that case, let's. Uh, where do we start about old Mitch? Uh... <laughs> well, Mitch, just basically uh, give us some background on you and then how we kind of got in contact, if, if you'd like. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so my background... Um, in the interest of time, even though we probably have unlimited time, um, I started out in this industry uh, working with a guy named Steve Puppy, who if you ever uh, bought any Hunter Specialties videos back in the day, Steve was the host talent for So I Want to Be a Bow Hunter and So I Want to Be a Turkey Hunter, which are two of the all-time best-selling uh, hunting DVDs in the history, in the uh, uh, now long gone history of hunting DVDs, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I was working for a family business. We sold uh, ballistic rubber products to military and law enforcement. And I met Steve huh. at the NRA convention in Orlando like 15 years ago. And uh, he had just ventured off onto his own. He left uh, a muzzle loading company and was uh, starting a TV show. And that was how I got into TV. And um, um, we ended up our channel called Rocky Geared Up, which was our first, my first uh, foray into outdoor television, and met a guy in Minneapolis named Ron Shera, who you might have heard of. He's a, a national TV guy as well, and has a really strong presence. Um, by the way, I'm based in Minnesota, out of Minneapolis, and we hit it off. And he hired me to run his company. I did that for four years and created some shows. Uh, worked with Outdoor Channel and created some shows for Polaris. Um, when I left there, uh, I still had a relationship with Steve Puppy, created together the Warden Show on Outdoor Channel, which, if you remember when that show launched, it was a pretty big hit for the network. It did very well in the ratings. And um, I, ended, I did a stint with Polaris in sponsorship management for all of their TV, and then I came back to the network in ad sales. And long story short, I got hired to run programming for Sportsman's Channel, and one thing led to another, and I ended up uh, running programming for Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel, and the World Fishing Network. Very cool. Very oh, cool. Yeah. Hey, Mitch, real quick. Um, we're going to switch to regular phone call. Okay, we switched. We got Mitch back on a regular phone call. We were having Wi-Fi dropouts. That's what happens when you live in the middle of nowhere and trying to get a decent internet signal. So, uh, sorry, Mitch, about that, but uh, I guess we just pick right up where we left off, man. Yeah, if, if it's the cost of uh, living in a great place to bow hunt, uh, having shoddy Wi-Fi, <laughs> I guess I would go for the great place to bow hunt. That's so exactly right, what okay. it is. I could live closer in the city, but it just isn't worth it. Well, that's up yeah. for debate uh, because yeah, no uh, worries. You know. so, <laughs> so I think I, I think I gave you the whole story of how I kind of got here, and um, you know, in, in my in my day job here now in, in programming, you know. What I essentially do is I work with all of the independent producers who provide you know, the majority of our content. So time, they they buy time from the network to air their shows, and so a lot of the you know talent that you've talked to in the past and, and everybody you've encountered in this market, they generally come through me and my team 
to to make it to air. So it you know it puts me in a pretty unique position in the industry, um, where I get to you know to to know all these folks that are my customers. I get to uh, deal with customer service issues and. Um, you know, work with a team out of Denver that does all of the administrative work and make sure that the shows that uh, producers submit go to air. And we, we do that for three networks. Man, that's got to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what makes up the Outdoor Sportsman's Group? Which, what are the networks again? Uh, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network are television networks. And we have 15 websites and 17 magazines, including Bowhunter and Guns and Ammo. Um, so each each magazine has its own um, uh, accompanying uh, website and digital presence and plus social media for all of the brands that we operate. So it, it's a pretty sizable operation. It's, I think, the largest media company focused on the outdoor industry. Yeah, wow, that's impressive. I didn't know all the magazines and all that were included mm-hmm. in there as well. So so that makes me more thankful for your time coming to talk with yeah, us. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's, you know what well, he pre- I'm just guessing you probably lost like an office pool. They're like, hey, uh, you know, whoever had lost the bet, you're like, all right, you got to go talk to these four jackasses over three, <laughs> three, well, there's four in the room here. You got to go talk to these three jackasses out of Illinois. <laughs> you'd, you'd be surprised. I, uh, I, I, uh, I chose this myself, as I think Kurt would tell you. Uh, yeah, I think how we came together is, you know, I, I'm very passionate about the sport. I'm active in it. I, I fish. I've been doing it forever. Uh, and we do run a professional operation, so we have uh, network operation staff who, you know, have varied levels of interest in the outdoors. A lot of them are in Denver, so most of them love to, you know, be outside and hike and ski, but and, and a lot of them fish, but uh, not as many of them hunt. So, you know, in my day job, I, I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, day and night, actually, focused on hunting and the hunting industry and the television and producers. And so it, it's really a passion. It drives my wife nuts that there really is no off season and there's no off time. So when I told her at hey, six o'clock tonight, I'm, I'm going to talk with you guys. It was like no big deal. But I think what happened is I saw we had a, a dust up in the hunting industry that <laughs> happens on occasion. And I, I, had, I had seen a post that uh, one of y'all had made, or maybe you made it on, on your own uh, Facebook I think it was, and I figured rather than engage you guys in a social media pissing match, all too common nowadays. It it actually, I I would, I would, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys about the business of hunting television because uh, you know, sadly, and and it's really you know, shame on us for not doing more of it. we just haven't had the opportunity to get out and do it. So this is really uh, something I hope to do more often. You guys are truly my first foray. You're the uh, the guinea pigs, I guess. But my hope was to have a conversation about hunting television and uh, give you some some of the inside scoop. You know, when when you know one of the issues we were dealing with online, you know, people don't understand sometimes the perspective of the network, or they make you know broad assumptions about you know you know you know decisions being made in ivory towers about what goes to air and what doesn't and who does what and you know and and then you know there's always a lot of buzz about talent and who's doing what and you know and i i think uh the network owes it to you all as viewers and and really as passionate outdoorsmen to 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 get out and talk more directly to you so we, we do a fair amount on our social media and 
um, I think we're just going to go out. You know, these uh, looks like this internet thing is here to stay, and podcasting seems to be a fantastic way to connect with enthusiasts. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate the opportunity and the invite. Well, yeah, man, you, um, we had our phone conversation after the whole uh, dust-up, if you will. And, <laughs> I remember uh, exactly which post it was now. <laughs> I kind of thought at first, I was like, well, it'll be interesting how this conversation goes. And we talked for a while, and I was like, man, that guy was really cool. And we talked about doing a show and everything. I'm like, this is, you know, I like what we can kind of put out there with our conversation. And uh, what I think we should do is talk about outdoor television. And let's start off with the positive and then maybe cut into our way in some of the um, – stuff that's kind of controversial sure unless you want to do it the other way around yeah we're <laughs> no, no no i guess like i said uh, let's 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 kind of ease into it but uh you know and my my goal is to you know provide you with some perspective and see i you know i, I don't this is not a not a battle anyways we ultimately are on the same team and i think that's one thing i mentioned uh when we talked uh, right after the big dust stuff we're going to talk about here, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> is that um, as hunters and outdoorsmen, you know, we spend a lot of time, uh, you know, picking on each other. And I think the anti-hunters sit on the sidelines and watch as we consume each other. And and our, our company is working on a couple of initiatives to battle that. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, but let's, yeah, let's talk. Hey, there's one good thing. So, you know, that that's... But that actually is a good thing. So our company is owned by a man named Stan Kroenke. If you don't know Mr. Kroenke, he um, he owns the uh, the LA Rams and the um, Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche, Arsenal, which is a soccer team in the UK. Uh, he owns a lot of property in the U.S. and vineyards and some other things. And you know, and he chose this industry because he's passionate about the outdoors. He wants to preserve uh, this space. He's invested hundreds of millions of dollars to do it, and continues to support us so that we can go out and you know not just make money running television networks and magazines and websites, but but really you know make sure that hunting is a thing for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a po- there's a positive. So there's the uh, there's the company line for you in terms of uh, you know what we're trying to accomplish as a company. Right, right. And I was going to ask that. I was like, I hope the owner is an outdoorsman or a sportsman, if you will. Yeah. Um, right. Which that's good. Is, that's good to is, hear. But he, you know, he's he's uh, he's a high end operator. When you own those teams, and you're, you're he's he's you know a, a multi billionaire, and right, you know, he's he's earned it, and he's also married to uh, a woman from Walmart, I believe, a Walmart heiress. So, I, we appreciate the the fact that he did invest in the networks and and has really provided us the platform to to really grow and and now you know the hunting market's in a in a bit of a squeeze and a downturn and uh, you know we still have our owner's support to execute the plans that we have for the company yeah. which and, is nice you know and that, that that's going to kind of lead into a, a question that I have I mean obviously. You know, outdoor sportsman's channel. That's where everybody wants to be. It's like the WWE of okay. outdoor industry. Right? <laughs> you know, in there. I, I, it's I'll, the top. I, it's the yeah, it's 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 where you want to be. Now, you know, with with everybody cable cutting, you know, anymore, a lot of people um are, are kind of straying away from buying cable, but I believe that you guys so far have been doing a pretty good job so far of getting on things like Sling T V um, various other outlets. I mean, what uh, what other steps are you guys taking to battle the the cable cutters? Yeah, uh, first of all, one of the battles I face is battling you know, bad information or misinformation, or really just you know uh, sensational information. You know, 
television is absolutely down. That's a fact. The numbers of subscribers, paid subscribers, are down. It's still with what it was 10 years ago, so it's off from its peak, but it's still strong, and, and no one denies that people are still watching mm-hmm. television. And you know, we have a research department, and we, we subscribe to a lot of different research outlets and, and have access to some great information that help us kind of you know read the tea leaves as to where this industry is going. Uh, it, the, you know, the, the market has changed. The technology is changing. Everything is evolving, and, and if the companies involved with it don't evolve, they will be going by the wayside, but uh, I subscribe at home to Xfinity, and my wife actually um, was never a big fan of paying a big cable bill, and I had, you know, I had to have everything for my business, and mm-hmm. um, and of late, you know, now we have the Xfinity remote and the voice control, and it has completely changed the way my wife watches television, and she no longer complains about paying for it. So the, the research shows that, you know, guys in their 20s, you know, my son, I got an 18-year-old in college. You know, he's never spent a dime on TV. Everything he consumes is through a cell phone that I provide for him. But as families get older, they, they get older, uh, they have kids, uh, they start to, you know, they, they, they reach out and they, they start looking at TV. Um, I think it's also um, people have that went through that whole um, um package, you know, remember skinny packagers, skinny bundles, and cord cutting and cord shaving. A lot of folks, and I, think, I don't remember the number, it's like 18 or 19 million. This just make up some numbers, but it's a big number of people that were cutting, but there's mm-hmm. also a fair amount, like in the 9 million range, that are now looking, we're calling them cord expanders, because they're like, yeah, I don't like paying 150 bucks a month for my cable, so I'm going to cut it down, and I'm going to get, now Sling is available, I'm going to do ESPN, and I'm gonna, I need my news package, and by the time they're done, they're paying 120 bucks, and they're missing just a couple of small pieces of their puzzle. They, well, I'll just pay the 150 So there's people coming back. But there's no doubt that the technology is evolving. The pipeline, you know, it's also when people talk about digital, you know. Well, digital means different things for different people. For, mm-hmm. uh, for AT&T uh, DirecTV, digital was the pipeline to deliver the signal. So, you know, they announced... Uh, when uh, AT&T and DirecTV came together that I believe they're phasing out satellite and, and all of the content's going to be delivered digitally via AT&T cable. Mm. So, you know, that's a huge change. And that generates headlines and people are like, well, nobody's watching TV. No, that's that's not what's happening. It's, it's just the technology is changing to deliver it. And, and in our world, um, you know, there are people, you know, so we, we fight a huge battle that no one sees and no one cares about which is to maintain carriage of our networks with the affiliates like DirecTV and Dish and Comcast and others because you know they're 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 operated generally by lawyers and accountants who aren't you know passionate about the space and mm-hmm. and they don't understand it and if they did understand it they'd probably be morally morally opposed to the content that we air on it so so we fight that battle and then we fight the other side of the battle which is you know, like some of the things we talked about earlier, with which are the challenges with hunting television and that. But <laughs> I, I think um, technology, things are converging. Um, the major players in this space are adapting. We we are very fortunate. I mentioned that we have the financial resources we need to invest in technology. We invested in a, uh, a digital platform called My Outdoor TV. We built it from scratch. We opted to build it and not buy it. We had the resources to do that. And we went out to the best of the best in hunting television and licensed their libraries exclusively 
to uh, create this digital home. Uh, now it's, it's behind a, a paywall, which is controversial for some folks. But it's you know anything of value. Uh, you, you have to pay for in life. So, mm-hmm. but that said, we we have an option too. We have a, a new platform that we've launched called Camo Stream, and we're putting some different uh, content out there. Um, one of the things unwavering, as I mentioned, is, is our support for this space. I mean, it, you, you could start a YouTube channel today. Um, it's going to be very hard to establish yourself as a talent person on YouTube and you know look what's happening the the rug is being pulled out from under those in the the firearm space i think the hunting mm-hmm. space is is close behind uh these these folks they don't they don't really understand our lifestyle they don't understand our passion they uh, they're they're really just uh, uh in it for the money i think and um and we're not so we're still uh you know an industry or a business that's driven by passion for the outdoors yeah and that's you know it is kind of like one of the like you mentioned you know the uh the firearms on youtube you know you can't even show like an unboxing or like a uh, um you know any type of guns they're they're trying to phase out but yet if you want to snort a condom through your nose that's acceptable content on youtube great example dude I, I mean, it, it really yeah. is. So it's like, so why are you, they you don't, know, you can't show unboxing videos of guns on YouTube. I, I think that's, uh, How does it's TikTok like a demonstration or, or, um, right. Or I, I thought that's what the Colleen, Colleen, Oh, Nor- Colleen Noir. Uh, how does he, how does he right. do all his stuff? I think he's going through his website now. Um, yeah, mostly. And he's on NRA TV, which yes. is you know, really one of our partners. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that about YouTube. Yeah, they're they're starting to phase out, um, and they started doing it slowly. But it's just, it's one of those things. It's it's the you know they're trying to appeal to a younger generation, but they're also trying to block out, you know, what really has. And you know, in my personal opinion, firearms and hunting has what has kept mankind really thriving the past, you know, let's say four hundred, two hundred, three hundred years. Well, that's the and, history of mankind. And, hunting is so you know, and, and yeah. hunting is so they're trying to to move that away, and you know they're they're pushing you know whatever whatever agenda that they want. So there's there's stuff that you're like looking on YouTube, like how is this on here? But yet you can't just see a a, a gun being shot while everyone's being safe, you know, proper firearm safety, or or just like a deer being killed. You know, it's it, it's just so weird. But that's who controls things, and they get to pick yeah. and choose. So it's. Yeah, that is, it, is, it is messed up. And from the truth is stranger than fiction file, they started by uh, taking down air gunning sites. And like, like seriously, like oh, I, really? the guy shoot trying to the guy trying to shoot a a circle at twenty yards with a with a air gun is uh, is wreaking havoc on the general public, and they're going to save us by not allowing them to air their content there. It's like it, it's just the beginning. It's oh, uh, I had no idea know, about that. I guess I, I'm not really surprised. Like I'm acting probably more surprised, but it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, nowadays, like, uh, yeah, I can see that happening. You know, it's just it's it's the way that um you know the out outdoors men and women are, are are being treated, or people who are passionate about firearms. You know, you're starting to see banks say, hey, we're not going to loan to any like um you know gun manufacturers or or any you know anyone associated with firearms. You know, you've got like Dick Sporting Goods like getting rid of firearms and. Then, you know, we have, which we'll get into a little bit more, where people are like, oh, man, you know, I can't even watch hunting shows anymore. It's like, dude, well, you know, now we got to start, you know, pumping the brakes and like, hey, look, even if you don't watch hunting shows, I think you should at least support 
any outdoor media because that is one of the last ways that you're going to be able to pump content out to get to the masses. Obviously, yeah. well, I want to get I want to get into this a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I always say, is you're either you're right or die. You're either <laughs> that's with where us you're or at. Not. That's where I'm at on the whole yeah. thing. But um, well, we yeah, we had an interesting conversation the other day. Uh, my boss name is Jim Libertor, and he's a TV guy. He came from Speed Channel, and he came from a regional sports in Ohio, and was new to this space. But he and his wife had a pretty cool firearms experience at Gunsight, and and have really adopted you know this you know firearms lifestyle, and it, it was demystified for them. And and the whole you know hunting TV thing, it, it drives him nuts sometimes because he's like, you know, if we refused or didn't air everything people complained about in our industry, we wouldn't have any content to air. You know, uh, you have some bow hunters who, you know, don't like compound bows. You have uh, rifle hunters who don't like long-range shooting. You have, you know, western big game hunters who don't like other, you know, it's like every, there, we're, where there's so many uh, factions in our own space that mm-hmm. we, we do tend to, 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 you know, and moan about it to each other and um you know it's it is uh, ultimately i i think you know we, when we talk about you know does hunting television help or uh, hinder our sport uh, ultimately I, I believe it does help it uh and i think we need help because we're our own worst enemy yeah we are too yeah. you know we joke around like we we've shot crossbows we joke around about the crossbow thing but i've never i'm not against crossbow hunting i think it should be regulated different but um yeah, it's like you said, like some guys will hate on it. Like tra- traditional guys hate compound bows. Compound guys mm-hmm. hate crossbows. Well, not that we hate it, but we give each other shit. But people who shoot bows hate people who don't. Yeah, I would, it's, it's a weird my cycle. My deal is I would rather watch a show, <laughs> no, no matter what the show it is, whatever show. But I would rather watch. I get why rifle hunting shows are on YouTube, on Carbon, on Outdoor Channel, on Sportsman Channel. But I will, I will. I will watch a bow hunting show over a rifle show. Doesn't mean I won't watch it, but if I got to pick, I'm right. going to watch a bow hunting show. Right. Um, which that's the beauty so, of having yeah. the network of any sort of the outdoors. Mm-hmm. So right. So welcome to my world because participation <laughs> in hunting, the, the vast majority is firearms, and so I get the viewer email that says, "I get all of it." By the way, just so you know, what do you? Why do you show so much bow hunting? Nobody bow hunts. We all just shoot guns and blah, blah. You know, it's like, okay, you know, that, that's my challenge is, and my team's challenge, we try to program a network to appeal to a broad range of folks. We have everything from, you know, we have upland hunting and, and duck hunting, and I, I'm, I'm standing looking out my office when I got uh, a pair of mallards walking through my backyard, so they must be lost. There's no water nearby here. <laughs> but, um you know, you know, we have to appeal to the Western big game hunter. We have to appeal to the Midwest guy. Um, you know, and I was in Montana last week, and Montana is a you know, is a, a very unique market for a lot of different things. Um, you know, and and we were actually meeting with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, talking about conservation. The guy named Shane Mahoney. Um, if you ever had a chance to have Shane Mahoney on your show, it would be very interesting. I mean, it, it's like he's got the voice of God, and he's a biologist, and his passion and his his profession is is conservation. And uh, we've had a couple conversations with him because we're investing in conservation initiatives. It's conservation of wildlife and also preservation of of our rights and our in our sport. But his mission is just to make hunting acceptable again because after the cecil the lion you know debacle Mm -hmm. it's like we lost we lost that middle ground there's a lot of people who went from no opinion 
or maybe even a slightly positive opinion about hunting to now they're like adamantly opposed to it. So, right. uh, yeah. And, and, and the, the industry is not in, not coordinated. Um, you know, if there's an incident issue, if there's an incident in, you know, with an airline, um, the airlines band together and they fight for the safety and health of the airline industry. But if there's an is- issue in the hunting industry, it's like every man for themselves. And, you know, everyone just, I just make sure that my gripe gets, you know, broadcast. And, and I'll tell you, it, the, the whole Yeti NRA dust up from this last week or so mm-hmm. has been uh, very close to home for me. And it's an example of, I mean, so, you know, I don't know where you all stand on that issue. And, and NRA is a very good customer of ours and I have a lot of respect for them. I'm a life member, but I've also been a lifetime fan of Yeti and I have seen firsthand the good that Yeti has done for hunting, fishing, and for firearms in the Second Amendment. So mm-hmm. to watch those two kind of bicker back and forth, and I think each side uh, uh, had areas where they could have approved on in that incident, it was, but it was like, there's, Yeti is not Oppose. They didn't do a big sporting goods deal and you know jump up on the table and scream that we're no longer selling. It's like you know that people need to understand when you're running a multi-billion-dollar business, there it's complicated. You know, right, um, right. do you do you refuse the business of REI and cost you and your shareholders you know the tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars um, uh, just because you won't be the mouthpiece for the Second Amendment? You know, I mm-hmm. I, I don't think it, it was uh, it, it, it's it's complicated and you know right. when it comes down to us guys standing in a tree stand looking at a deer you know and, and you know shooting or passing it's life's pretty simple but when you're running a, an operation it's there's uh, right. things you got to take into to account and I, I think the nra needs to um you know understand that they need yeti this industry that we're in needs yeti uh because i you know i you know, I'm glad there's other alternatives to Yeti, and you know I know there are, the products are all great and everything, but no one's put tens of millions of dollars into hunting or fishing uh, like Yeti has. Right, so, and that's the thing. I don't know. I'm afraid we're pushing them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if my I don't know all the facts. Um, I guess to be honest, I haven't really invested myself yeah. to. I didn't. I get why it's an issue. I get like what the the deal is, but I don't know all the fine minute details where I couldn't like say like oh, I well, screw Yeti or you know I'm a member of NRA. As but. a millennial, I didn't look into it, but I'm following the social media trend for the people that I follow, so I've got a <laughs> yeah, very exactly. strong opinion. Yeah, right. I don't. It doesn't. I get from what I've read into it. I get like the bicker, but I don't care enough. I do think that. You know, here's we, a, we need the NRA right now with our guns just yeah. as bad as anything else. So it, it kind of sucks on Yeti's part, but it also sucks on NRA's part because Yeti, yeah, you know, has done a lot of good for that's, our community. You know, that's kind of where I'm at, where I stand with it. Um, obviously, you know, where where we are with with gun rights, you know, everybody says, "Oh, they're not coming for your guns." Well, no, they've come for guns multiple times, and it has happened. You know, Hurricane Katrina, people lost their guns over gun, but things like that. Dude, you know, we need the NRA, and I'm 100% behind what their mission is. I mean, obviously, I don't think these two companies should be hashing it out like this. I think things could have been possibly, you know, maybe there's some closed-door meetings. Maybe someone pissed someone off. Obviously, you said there's more well, I thought, behind didn't it. Yeti cut out whatever they were doing with the NRA with a bunch of companies, too, though? Mitch, yeah. Is that the deal? Sorry, I mean, you cut out on there. 
wasn't didn't Yeti drop? I don't know. I don't know what was their funding or what they were doing with the NRA. But didn't they do that with a bunch of companies? Like they just quit that program that they were doing. They, they did. But you know what you said about not having enough information. That when I saw the note that the NRA, the letter of the NRA, and I, I thought the same thing. It's like, well, obviously there's there's at least another side, at least one more side to this story, and it's gone back and forth. And I don't think anybody really has. The, the right information, but yeah, you know that was the story. Is that it? You know they they changed their whole discounting program. Yeah, but we saw changes Yeti was making on the network side, uh, so that were consistent with their statement. So, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, we all lose. And uh, one thing I wanted to tell you is that you know what we learned in the in the the whole Cecil Line thing came up when I was relatively new to this uh, position. I did I joined here like three years ago in this role and. These are very coordinated uh, initiatives by our opposition. The fight, you know, when you talk about Wells Fargo getting a cost in, and you know, they're, they're, we're talking well-funded initiatives to attack our sport and our rights on multiple mm-hmm. fronts. So they're robo-dialing. They're doing. They're creating fake accounts, and they're sending. They're doing letter-writing campaigns, and they are hitting absolutely everybody. And it was probably why Yeti, if they felt any, you know, squeeze. It's why Under Armour, when they went through their whole debacle with the bear spearing thing, yeah. you know, that they're all hunters. We know these people. They're they're good people. They they're they're hunters. They're gunners. They believe in everything. You know, that it was a the whole hunting element for Under Armour was because it was the passion of, you know, some of the founders of the company. And, you know, they got squeezed by, you know, uh, operations in the U.K. and, and in Europe, you know, saying, hey, you, you you continue to support this and we're not going to, uh, we're not going to, you know, buy your product or we're going to boycott, we're going to do a whole bunch of other, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like economic terrorism and, and right. that's why I think it's, regardless of where you stand with the NRA, you have to stand with the NRA because they're the only ones who are, you know, in the trenches, they're not the only ones, but they are the, they're certainly the, the front end. And, and I'll tell you, yeah. our networks are trying to put ourselves in a position to be on the front end of defending hunting and promoting conservation. You know you know what my little theory is? Dude, check it out. Nobody's going to see it coming. Yeti's going to come out with a cooler with a wrap by Under Armour that has NRA all over it. Dude, they created such a buzz over the past couple <laughs> years, and they're going to make a billion dollars. Dude, that's what I'm calling it right now. You heard it right here. I kind of hope that 40 minutes happen. in. <laughs> the uh, NRA Yeti. <laughs> Under Armour rap. I'm I'm calling it right now. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure my good friend Matt Busbis has already been contacted to be the spokesperson for the oh, brand. Oh, no. oh, come on, don't dude. do this no. to me. What? I want to ease <laughs> into this. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to take the gloves off. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. For loves or likes, which one do you want? <laughs> uh, hey, that was. Uh, by the way, so yeah, so now the subject's out of the open. That was the dust up we were talking about on yeah. social media. So a I have few a, weeks ago. I have a strong, strong opinion about the Busbises. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you've heard our rants about the Busbus family. And I haven't. I, I know that uh, uh, that you, you drove some great uh, ratings in in that rant, but uh, no, I didn't. I haven't been able to hear it. But that, but <laughs> believe me, I've heard. Uh, if you had any unique elements to it, I'm interested. But I've heard most of them anyhow. I'm sure you have. I'm uh, sure you have. <laughs> I don't I think just, you heard ours then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. We did it in working class bow hunter Dude, fashion. I was. I, I gotta. I gotta be honest with you, Mitch. I was more pissed off when I figured out that, like, when the April Fools came out, that it was like a love hunting show. I'm like, oh, I was so 
mad. I'm like, dude, why are they doing? Like, I get it. You know, you gotta you gotta push ratings. And then I found out that it was all a joke and that it's a completely different show. And then I was mad that it wasn't the original show because I was gonna be invested and watch every episode of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, it's just a, it's just this. I'm like, no, I wanted him to try and fall in love. Well, I want to <laughs> backpedal. Then if we're gonna get into this, because um, I know that the I guess it's the Wild Game crew. They have a lot of money, and I know they pay for right. Is do shows pay for their slot on the network? Generally, you know, there's a lot of uh, variation from deal to deal, but for okay. the most part, people buy time on the network. Yes. Okay, I didn't know how it all worked across. I didn't know if some shows were like, you know, Which, I guess how like a Discovery approached someone for a reality yeah, show. Is it know. isn't a problem? I mean, you know, you it, gotta... it is a it is a big difference between say Outdoor Channel and Discovery. You know, Discovery they will. They will like if you're an independent producer and you have a show called Pawn, Pawn Stars, mm-hmm. you pitch it to them. They'll say we love it. We're going to pay you two hundred and fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars an episode. They and, and they probably split the the copyright for the for the title, and then the network you know sells the crap out of it for advertising. Uh, the producers and the talent all get paid. Uh, but you know, we're a niche network right, where you know, we have 30, 30, 36, 37 million households on Outdoor Channel, so we don't generate the eyeballs to to command the ad dollars uh, to support programming like that. So we right. do some of our own uh, programming. Um, we've done original programming in the past. Some of it you've loved. Some of it you haven't loved. Uh, I can guarantee that. Uh, right, right. But you know, and we, and, and we still do some. You know, like if you've seen Hollywood Weapons, that's a show that we produce. Uh, we're a partner in Major League Fishing. Um, we do Wardens, which is the show that I brought to the network. We can, we still do that. I think we're in season about season ten now of wow. Wardens. That's that's an original program. Everything else that when you watch the network, when it says you know original production, that means the network's funding it. Gotcha. Okay, that so makes then, sense. So then, people who come to their they own. Like, you know, you, you mentioned, like, Discovery or uh, another channel, not just them, but, you know, they half-own the copyright. When people come to you and they pay, does that mean they get to keep their content 100%? Yes. I mean, we so we have, um, we essentially license our airtime to them. So we have some, um, you know, requirements that if you want to air an outdoor channel, we have, uh, I think, about 50 to 60 pages of guidelines that producers need to abide by. We have lengthy license agreements that outline uh, where and when they can air their their content because we take all the uh, exclusive content that we've developed with these producers to the uh, affiliates who then take it to the market and say hey if you want to watch outdoor channel on direct TV you, you pay a, you, know, you pay a premium to have the mm-hmm. package that mm-hmm. includes outdoor sportsman and world fishing network gotcha was it a thing back in the day I don't know if this was a, a rumor or myth I don't I haven't had cable or anything for a long time um, but I used to and uh, was it a rumor that you couldn't like replay a shot or do replay a sh- uh, like a kill shot in slow motion or something like that at one point or yeah, am I thinking was, something right, something yeah. else no no that was a thing uh, you know Back in the day, uh, back when you were probably in diapers, you know there was hunting television on TNN. Buck McNeely. Uh, <laughs> so, so no, they, they, you couldn't show kill shots. They wouldn't show kill shots. They just, you know, they'd show. Uh, it, you'd, you'd take a shot, and then you'd walk up on an animal. Uh, and then it was before my time, but the network, um, the network. Uh, I don't think the network ever prevented anybody, you know, outdoor sportsmen uh, from showing the kill shot. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until like four or five years ago that we allowed 
um, slow motion kill shots, mm. and uh, and we still do limit the amount, you know, because and I get we, that we to a point. Be, yeah, it, we yeah, we 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 want to be stewards of hunting and want to make sure that we we put our best foot forward. Of course, and so we, of course. we provide guidelines about you know there's something you know in talking with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation they just chose they're, they're not showing kill shots in on their show on Outdoor Channel hmm. and you know we don't require that you do it but they just said you know it's for them and for their members it's it's that's kind of a personal moment and they're gonna they're gonna show everything leading up to it and everything after but uh, they're not going to show impact shots. That's and, interesting. Uh, Damn, I never thought about anything like that. That that it is interesting. I'm, but, My guess is that it won't it won't help or hurt their ratings. It's just you know, but it's a statement, and they, yeah. you know, they their members uh, appreciate that. Uh, you know, but yeah, I get that. There's others. Yeah, I get that to a point, but at the same time, like when I watch, say, an elk hunt, um, like an elk bow hunt, I kind of want to watch the entire process because I'm in it. I get why because it's on national television. Like you kind of have to do things a certain way. But for me as a hunter, I understand the process. So when I do things I'm watching for like as an, for educational purposes as well as enjoyment. So like shot placement and stuff is like my main focus. When I watch a bow hunt, I'm like, Oh, that's where he hit the deer. And then, you know what I mean? I kind of use that to see how things went while I'm enjoying the show, if that makes sense. But, um, so, but I get it though. It's on a national platform and anybody could be watching. So you kind of want to represent it in the most respectful way possible. It is. Again, again, I'm giving you a window into my world, which is why I wanted to talk to you because, you know, it, it's kind of a lose lose. Um, you know, we we make bad shots. Um, I, I made a bad shot on a turkey the other day. It, it happens, right? I did it this year too. And so, if you, yeah, if you're uh, if you are uh, under the gun to film a show or whatever, people they'll show these shots or you know, and and some will say, hey, look, I, you know, I hit it back, and this happened, or whatever, and we'll give you a feedback. Why would you show a bad shot like that? Well, that's how it happened mm-hmm. or uh, our viewers are, are highly suspect that you know everything is doctored and edited and fixed in post and not real anyway and um, and and all high fans that's the other one i get and, and i'll tell <laughs> you i've been in this role for a while um it, it, it's it's maybe maybe we have improved uh in that space where you know it does happen you know obviously but it's you know i think it's 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 the exception and not the rule and one thing I can tell you unequivocally, it's not me at the network or my team pushing any producer to to do anything um, you know that's ethically objectionable. In fact, the opposite is true. We've always told you know all producers to you know always do the right thing, always follow the rules, double check our guidelines. Actually, you know verify that. And you know I've also never told a producer that Brian, if you just shot you know, that 200-inch deer, you know, your ratings would pop because the reality is they don't. I mean, look at Stan Potts. Stan Potts is, you know, he'll shoot a, you know, immature buck. He doesn't care if it's 170 inches or, you know, 128 inches. Or Fred Eichler. And, 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 yeah. yeah, Fred Eichler or Kip Campbell, same same deal. And, you know, the, those guys are all doing okay still. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I I did want to want to bring up uh, something, you know, when we were talking about, you know, the kill shots and things of what drives you to and, you know, the challenge of you guys. I mean, it's hard enough to try and show kill shots, but yet, you know, major networks let reptilian overlords have presidential debates. You know, they just share that. I don't know. But I'm lost, bro. I just yeah, want to throw that lost. out there. I, I I don't get it. But the thing is, you know, when when it comes to, you know, not only kill shots, what people think you got to get, it's, um, you know, recently you did have a couple personalities. We'll, we'll kind of get this out there. There were a couple personalities that did, 
Well, I want to talk about this getting in a, detail. Yeah, they, they did get into a dust-up. I mean, obviously, this is nothing that you and your team and everybody there supports. Um, but things happen, and I mean, how do how do you guys deal with certain things that um, that, that that come up like this? I think you well, know. Let's the, talk in specifically. Yeah, let's yeah, talk, let's talk about Bill's Buzzbus because we'll I, do Bill's Buzzbus first. I was, yeah, I went on a uh, it was hell. Was it about a year ago when the whole Bill Buzzbus thing went down? Well, mm, one thing I think it was like September ish. Our, our thing with the Buzzbus family is like I've just. The whole thing, like the Miss Wild Game Nation, to me is just in bad taste um, for our industry as a whole. Like that's just as bad as like it just makes us look. I don't know. It's just kind of filthy to me, um, <laughs> especially for the women of our hunting industry. Um, but and then so we, I kind of went on a rant on that and voiced my voice my opinion. I wasn't anti rifle, anti crossbow, anti this. I was. It it looks bad sure. for us and it looks bad for women in our industry. So that was kind of like my thing with them. And then. Like three weeks later, it wasn't even like three episodes later. This whole Bill Busbus thing ha- happened, so I kind of went on a rant about Bill Busbus, and I'm kind of like, "See, this whole fucking family is kind of just bad for business <laughs> for our family, you know." And oh, yeah, uh, I was, yeah. so we kind of joked in, about in, it. In but case I, you, in case you didn't need not have enough ammo, here's some more for you. Right? Yeah, right. You know, right. the field where, of fire where, where we got. And I I understood. You know, obviously the whole Busbus family. You know, with Wild Game. Uh, innovations and things they are funneling a lot a lot of money to you guys well i thought they were done after that happened and all I, of them were and but maybe I, I misunderstood yeah that. i wasn't 100 percent sure and i'm not i'm not you know saying that you guys only did it for money but it's like it's like you you talked about earlier here's you guys trying to do good for the outdoor industry i mean same thing that you know with yeti and nra it just keeps putting the outdoor industry in a tight spot it, it's it, you know where you know it, it it, it it does put you guys in a tight spot is is what I'm what I'm angling. But at. what I want him to do is touch on the Buzzbus things. I thought the Buzzbuses were done, and then they mm. came back, and it came back worse than it was before. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Well, not necessarily worse. <laughs> well, it, yeah, not wait, worse. Wait, okay, hold on. So I got a couple questions, and then we, we we're going in. I told you there's there's no subject that we won't address right right tonight. So so I'm ready. Uh, but I just want to know um, by a show of hands. Uh, verbal hands. Did you, did you watch? Did you watch any of uh, last year's Miss Wild Game? I'm just um, Miss Wild Game Nation. I, refu- so, I personally refused to because uh, I didn't buy the chicks on it. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I had a, uh, no. I had a, I had a personal run in with I, uh, one of them. So I watched I didn't. some of it. Yeah, and Steve had a in person run in that we've talked about on the show before. It's actually kind of funny. Yeah, that's, right. it, the funny story. That's so, no, I did not watch any of it. So let's just so just so we acknowledge that we're talking about a show that none of you have seen that you all despise. Oh, well, we, go. Go. we got trapped. We got trapped. Well, guys. I've seen parts of it. <laughs> but, uh, we walked right into that one, didn't we? <laughs> but I've seen parts yeah. of it, and I know what it is. Oh, I got you. Oh, I got you. I know, but I, I get it. Hey, we're all human too, so we have preconceived notions about what we're getting into. And, and it, you know, if you don't like, you know, whatever, you don't like coyote hunting, you're not going to watch Fox Pro's Fur Takers, or if you don't right. like a certain personality, you're just, you're not going to watch anything that they have to do. Um, I, I wanted to uh, preface this one with a couple of thoughts, and this is one thing I, I think I talked to Kurt about. You know, I, I'm a, a passionate outdoorsman. I, I really, I want to leave my mark on this industry. I want to leave it better. And and I have relationships with a lot of these folks, and they're they're deeper than just a customer and client type relationship. I have a lot of respect for 
it, for a lot of for our producers and you know they're small business owners and they they lay everything on the line to follow their dreams and you know they get a lot of them get flack because oh you know you're only pushing the product of the guy who's paying you the most and I'm you know I'm sure it's true in some cases but in most cases you know these folks are just you know they have families and they're trying to, to you know to make it in this space so you know and when it when it comes to the businesses you know a, a couple of things so you know I, I know them I, I know them pretty well you know I, I mean I, I you know I know them well enough. I don't. I haven't known them for a long time. But I, when I first uh, came into this space, Matt Mosbis was running the production operation for Plano Synergy. So, I, so I didn't know all the history of Wild Game uh, Innovations, and they, you know, they they either acquired or merged with Plano and became Plano Synergy. You know, which which is a company that that also does a lot of good for this space as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, the. Um, one of the questions he asked is, what do, how do we deal with these? And I would tell you, uh, since Mr. Cronkey has bought this company, we really have a zero-tolerance policy, and we've proven it so far. Mm-hmm. So um, so when that issue uh, came to light, you know, that evening, I, I, I don't remember what day it was. It might have been on a – I think it was on a Saturday or Sunday. It was within a couple of days because we gave you credit my, for that, Yeah, for when that – Oh, yeah. So, but that's just it. We, you know, I, you know, the – there, it came out relatively late, which was one of the issues, and so it's like you know the 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 jury or that you know there was, had already been uh, a, a plea, and you know that the facts the facts have been a little bit disputed, but you know they weren't completely disputed. It's like you know we we really had no choice that you know it's unfortunate. I actually uh, have a uh, I, I know Bill Busbis. Um I know he, I know some things about Bill and how he operates and how he's how he works with his family and the opportunities you know he's tried to provide for his family and um you know he's i don't think he's how he's been portrayed on tv and you know you put him on uh country bucks on a and e and it just they become more polarizing so it was a bit of a perfect storm i think and i think it's unfortunate um you know and and, and bill's paying a, a pretty pretty big price you know for for what he did and like I, said, I think at the end of the day you know what happened happened there are some extenuating circumstances that i don't think you know, exonerate Bill necessarily, but they certainly uh, paint a better picture than what was told in the the court of Facebook, social media, and and also I think the article that exposed the whole incident was mm-hmm. was was suspect as well. And I think they've since taken it down. And it's like you know, but hey, you know what? The, this industry tends to you know, okay, we we all hated Bill anyways, and now he he proved us right, so let's destroy him and then we'll move on. Well, and, I didn't hate Bill. <laughs> I actually thought Bill was the yeah. funny one, but I just what I, I didn't hate Matt Busbis. I hated ha- the action of things they did. But this is kind of like, well, it's just coincidence that I had, <laughs> yeah, I like, just didn't like certain. It's a perfect things. storm of hate for Kurt. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> ruining his hateful heart. I, mean, I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say I was like anti them. Dude, there's just the cauldron is stirring here. Like, yes, his father. Yes, this show. Well, I'm, uh, the, well, I'm very ethical, aroma. so I like. I wasn't anti them. I just like to see the hunting portrayed in a certain way. And then that happened. Sure. I was like, damn it. And then I kind of ranted about it because we're kind of the platform that does that. We're the podcast that can talk about this stuff. So I expected yeah. him to be pulled off the network. Um, and it was was Wild Game Nation that whole show pulled off or just Bill? Well, we so we, we suspended the show that night. And then we had discussions with Plano Synergy, and Plano Synergy opted not to continue the show, but, you know, it was, mm-hmm. 
we weren't, you know, we were trying to figure out what we would, what we could do. You know, I, I, it, what's disappointing uh, from our perspective is that, you know, love or hate Matt Busbis or, or Ryan for that matter, although I think everybody loves Ryan and, uh, and, and most of us love Matt. Uh, maybe not all of us. They they, they yeah, were Kurt. implicated. They, they 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 did nothing. They did nothing wrong, right? So you know, here you got you know, should the actions of their father, um, you know, ruin the careers of these guys? You know, it it was unfortunate. They got they got pulled into it, and they they certainly have had uh, to deal with some of the the fallout from it. Right. But I talked to Matt mm-hmm. Busbis quite a bit, and I've you know, he's he's a lot younger than me, so. Uh, uh, we we uh, actually communicate quite well though, and, and he's you know he, he's probably evolved, and I, I think you have to give people a chance to change as well. Uh, right? Yeah, I don't want to see anybody shut like out forever, but right. Well, you know, and so uh, you know, Matt was he's passionate. I, I would tell you this about so we so we we did remove Wild Game uh, and the Wild Game brand from the networks or the Wild Game Nation brand. And, you know, the history of Miss Wild Game was, it was, I think it was a kind of an inside joke that, you know, Matt just wanted to do it to try to find a wife. And <laughs> I, I, I think it was a joke. So we did the Miss Wild Game thing. Uh, they had done it inside their show, and we just did it outside of the show for the first year. And then this year, you know, we brought it back um, for, you know, under a new title called For Love or Likes. And I would tell you, you have to watch it because some of the issues, I get it, believe me, I understand that you don't think it's good for the industry, you don't think it's good how we portray the women, but I've got a, a beautiful wife who, if, if, if she ever thought that I was doing something that was either inappropriate or disrespectful or not showing women in the right way, I would be living in the doghouse <laughs> more, than I, more right. than I already do, right? Right. And yeah. so... um so you'll see, and, and you know, the spoof video that we did was really, uh, it, it turned out to be, there's a, it, it turned out to be better than it should have been because everybody believed it was real. But they weren't uh, surprised, but, uh, though, from Matt yeah. at the same time. You know? <laughs> no, but, but damn, <laughs> Matt, I think Matt had an intern cut that thing together, and the kid knocked it out of the park. It's probably going to be on his sizzle reel. So, you know, <laughs> if people like it, they'll he'll probably get a, a great job in the, as an editor somewhere. Uh, but if not, he'll be blackballed forever. But um, <laughs> the you know, kid's yeah, got a fifty-fifty shot. <laughs> Right. The, the timing of it was, was problematic for me. I was like, you know, that would have been perfect on April 1st. And by the way, you know, do the reveal of the joke, uh, part two of the video at the same time. So, yeah. so, so that when Kurt gets his, his blood pressure up, you know, for the first two minutes, it, it goes, it goes down because, so what happened is, you know, we, we launched the spoof video. Um, the video itself, uh, it, the reaction, um, was stronger negative than I thought, in, in part because Matt's involved with it, and the other part is because people don't like, uh, they can't believe we would do a dating show. Uh, <laughs> it was so well done that they, they thought that it was real. And, you know, in the next morning, you know, in talking with some of the, the women involved, they were, they were under, you know, they were stressed out by that that reaction, and so that's why we said, look, you, I don't care if it's an April Fool's joke, we're not carrying this joke for... 12 days or however. I mean, I think I was going on spring break with my family and I was like, no, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, sitting on the beach in, in, uh, in Tahiti, which I wasn't anyways, but, uh, <laughs> thinking about for lover likes. So, right. Exactly. Uh, so that, Kayfabe so, is know, dead, man. 
Oh, right. Not good. So then, so then, so we we post the reveal that it's a joke, and and um, you know, and things kind of calm down a little bit. And but what was really good about it is, you know, the, the first episode and maybe the second episode were done for the most part. But we went back and we made some revisions, and we actually have 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 really gone above and beyond to make sure that the message in this series for Lover Likes is empowering women. And these women, in, in fact, you know, we, we haven't made a decision if the show is moving forward or not for, for next year. If it does, the, the goal really is to provide a platform for these young women who are passionate about hunting. We're not trying to find somebody who's just a social media starlet who doesn't care about hunting. It's a legitimate opportunity for these women to go down and to have a great hunting opportunity um and you know shoot you know they, they shoot decent deer on this thing they get and they, they they have a they have an interesting time but it, you know it, it's actually rated well and and one thing that is interesting for me you know because i'm kind of the steward of the talent on this network and one thing this network's never done this industry really hasn't gone through very many generational changes for any for that matter and uh, a lot of the, the women and the matriarchs of this hunting industry who are amazing, you know, amazing women, but, but many, many of them or most of them, you know, came in through their husband or their boyfriend and, and became a very integral part of this space and really did great work for it. But we're now looking for the next generation of women. And that first generation created a generation of young women who are passionate about hunting. Mm -hmm. So how are they, you know, if they don't have a boyfriend who's an outdoor writer or a deer farmer or whatever, how are they going to break into this industry? Well, you know, a lot of them are, are, are building names for themselves in social media. So, you know, to his credit, Matt, Matt's kind of, he had his finger on the pulse. He said, Hey, here, here, these women, they're out there posting pictures on themselves. Let's give them this platform to prove their stuff. And then let, and let's make it work for them. And, so then from the network's perspective, I, I, I've done some things. I've made some introductions to some of the contestants to, you know, in this industry. We took Kylie from For Lover Likes to our meeting with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. She's based in Missoula. She's a pastor, passionate Western, Western hunter. So, you know, we, we don't want this to be, to be a joke. And, um, you know, but, but again, um, it's one of those shows where you guys aren't going to like it. Maybe you'll never like it. I, I think if you watched it, uh, first off, you watch it. Watch it with your wife or girlfriend because one of my uh, one of my employees watched it. He wasn't a fan, uh, but his wife watched it with him, and she thought. And she's not even a bow hunter. She's like, I, I would watch that show all the time. So I, I will uh, promise you that I will watch it, um, and I'll give you my honest opinion. I mean, maybe it will surprise me. I hope it does. Actually, I'd rather it surprise me than me being like. Oh, I was right all along. You know what I mean? Because then that means right. that I'm hoping that negative things just are always shed within no. our industry, and I don't want. But I do think I maybe would have done some things a little differently. Like instead of like, well, this girl posts pictures on Instagram. Let's see if she's a legit hunter and see. I would be like, dude, I know this chick named Skylar Richards that lives in Utah in the mountains. She's a badass hunter. We could put her out on this show and have her inspire women with her knowledge and just like, look, you can do this. Like. And just have it like straight knowledge, and it can be funny in that way. But that'd be like the thing I would probably change, and not have Matt Busbus there because of that negative limelight <laughs> of the Busbus family from Bill, which is unfortunate for Matt. You know, well, I, like you said earlier, that sucks for those guys. 
But here's how I think that's we just can, the things I would change. But. Here's how I think we can watch this occur. And Mitch, you'll appreciate this because you're from Minnesota and in television, so you'll really appreciate this. We'll watch this and we'll do it Mystery Science Theater 3000 ver- style. <laughs> I don't um, even know what that means. I have no you remember? Idea. You don't remember? I know what I know what it means. Oh yeah, I know what it means. <laughs> I, uh, you could be Crow. Um, Eric will be Tom Servo. And do you remember that show when they had the they they would show old not not trashing the product but they'd show old shitty movies and they would have like the two robots and the guy depends on what era you watched whether it was uh now I'm based on their names but they would just make fun of the movies. You've never seen Mister Science Theater. I'm lost. What's bizarre about that whole um, analogy there is I was in Missoula two weeks ago and. that show has come up in my life twice in the last 30 years, and the last time was in Montana two weeks ago. So oh, it's that's really strange. Weird. That is strange. Strange <laughs> reference. Leave it to Steve, we're, man. we're working with, uh, yeah, the gunfather who's out of Hamilton, and he showed us some logo treatments, and one of them looked like that show, so that's how we were like, yeah, that looks like the Mystery Science Theater. And we had to look it up. Look it up online for a few people to show them what it was. I'll leave it to Steve for make the reference on our show. They have no idea about after I we were making points, but hey, you know. Anyway, a, Mitch, I promise I will watch the show. I will tell you what I think, and but I guess can you, you know, can see my like, point, like, my opinion of oh, it, sure. you know, and why I have By like way, a passion think, for things. I don't think, yeah, I don't think anybody other than Matt Busbis could pull that show off because you know, the venue they provide for these women to be able to hunt deer and to hunt hogs and, and have the access to the, you know, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty unique opportunity for them to do it. And I would just tell you that, you know, the, the, you know, from the network's position and, you know, Matt, you know, we're trying to do right by the industry and how it's done. And that, that's why I hope you see that. My, I, my I, I truly is, believe that from you, man. Guess, I really yeah. do. Yeah, my guess is you'll probably watch Heartland Bowhunter over for Lover Like. Hundred percent. But uh, but I will tell you, you're you're also probably not the key demo for for Lover Likes anyway. So. No, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I am fat bearded dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be cool, man, to have like, and this is just me. I'm not speaking on your part, obviously, but you know, maybe Matt Buzz must go do something else, and then have Melissa Bachman step ha, in. Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. Or, like, even, yeah. like, T-Bone would be gr- a great on that, to have well, T-Bone just, yeah, around. More just... chicks, because the more chicks, the better. That's where I'm at. Okay. We've thought about some of those things, too. But, uh, you know, again, like I said, you know, Matt, Matt has um, has come a long way as well, and, and he's, a, he's a good dude, and he's got a great heart. And um, and believe me, I, um, I, I, you know, I give him a lot of shit, so... Uh, <laughs> rest assured that uh you know um we have some lively discussions in that but uh I, I, again it just comes down to like you know in, and i'm sure the next issue that we're going to talk about is the same thing i mean these guys are uh very passionate about our space you know you you might not agree with matt busby shooting a deer off of a paddleboard with a crossbow uh but you know but Matt's still out there trying to push the envelope and be creative and an innovator in this space. And, yeah, you know, I get and it. He's, he's still, yeah, that's, there's not, there's, you know, there's, there's not a lot. Here, here, this is another thing that you guys got to think about. We can maybe talk about is, um, I, I get a lot of blowback or pushback really on hunting as entertainment. Mm, and when right. you get, when you get a guy, it, Matt has, Matt has that personality, you know, that, that you love him or you hate him. 
you know, by the way, you know, there's others that have that same kind of personality. And in yep. entertainment, in inter- entertainment, a lot of times in that world, like you said, you liked Bill. Bill was the funny one. And I hated, you hated Matt. I don't like to watch Matt. But the reality is, that's why you watched. It's because you never knew. It's like, oh, you just, you, you were looking for fuel to, to, to kind of fuel that, that your passion either for or against somebody. So in terms of a, a, a formula on TV, you know, it, it's, it's something that works. But, you know, we have a lot of our audience, they don't want to see entertainment. They want to watch the technical aspects of the hunt and the way right. our networks have kind of differentiated themselves. Because if you go back to what I said about the affiliates, our affiliates don't think they need multiple hunting channels. So, you know, we have Sportsman's Channel, which really is oriented more towards the uh, active participant and the technician that's supported by the magazines who provide editorial content about, you know, bow tuning and, you know, do-it-yourself hunts and public land hunts and things Shout like that. Shout out Respect yeah. Game TV. I was just about to say, Paul Biggs is on TV tonight. Shout out Paul Biggs. You respect yeah, the game TV. It's a great show. Yep. Yeah. So, and, um, um, you know, Outdoor Channel has been more, you know, it's the, the network that grew some of the biggest names in outdoor TV. Mm-hmm. And so right, it's more character and talent driven. And Michael Waddell and Kip Campbell, Lee and Tiffany. Um, yeah. You know, but, but still, our, you know, we're still true to our roots where, you know, Whitetail Freaks, Don and Candy Kiske are still a big part of the network. And, you know, and they're, they're killing the gear. And, For sure. Um, like I think that, you know, you could hold basically bone collector and even like kip campbell's in there now those are you know i love watching um a lot of different hunting shows but like bone collector and red arrow are the two of the shows where you can be entertained by them hunting and then there is the down to business yeah hunts that you like to see so for me and, and respect the game shows a little bit of all that too and in, in, in a different format and i think those are some of my favorite shows because it reminds me of how I am in hunting camp and then going out on the hunt and having fun and hopefully being successful. If not, it's part of it. So I, that's, those are the shows I love yep. to watch. And I, you can watch I, those shows I, yeah. on repeat. You're right. I, uh, which, which is funny. You're funny. You would say that because we have research on how, uh, consumers and viewers view our content and, and you're, you're exactly what we think. It's like, you know, the shows generally air, uh, in third quarter, the hunting shows, they'll air new episodes and they repeat in fourth quarter. And, um, and our viewers tend to watch more TV when they're participating in it. So when the bow season comes around, you're going to be turning on the hunting channel more yep. and watching more hunting. We find the, the same thing with quarter, downloads for our podcast. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, they uh, the the ratings grow, and it's because you know, you know, I flip on TV, and it, like I said, it's Red Arrow. Oh, I've already seen this episode, but it's twenty two minutes. I'll watch it again, you know. Yeah. And, and it's funny you'll pick up on different things. So, so, so that absolutely happens. It, you know, the one thing I always you know, talk to our talent about is, um, I think a lot of our viewers are you know they they judge the host by whether or not they'd want to be in camp with them. That's a good yeah. I would mm-hmm. yeah. I would say that's accurate. Right. It's it's not it's not everyone. There's some that are different. There's some that are more aspirational and some. But yeah, yeah. When you're looking at if if you liked you know if if you like Michael Waddell, it's be like man. If I could just be one of the bone collectors and sit around the campfire with these guys and and stand in a tree and talk and do what they're man. That you know I, I like that. Or same you know Heartland Bowhunter, very different style, but the same type of thing. If you're passionate about it, and the, the Western hunters are you know extremely passionate about uh about the sport and about bow hunting and about you know elk and mule deer and that and so i think they really draw people in because you know we all like i want to sit around the fire with that guy 
Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, that's the appeal of, you know, Jim Shockey. Not only is he a legend, but I think, you know, when you want to share camp with someone like Kip Campbell, you're like, dude, I just want to go have fun with that guy, have camp. You know, if we shoot anything, cool. If not, that's cool, too. But well, like, they're I relatable. Think, that's a big thing. Yeah, and they're relatable. I think like with like a Jim Shockey, it's like, yeah, I just want to go to camp just so I can learn knowledge, you know, like learn from this guy. You know, you just want to be around. And I think that is obviously a good mix of, you know, what what you're looking for, obviously, and you, this is your job. You have to find out who do people want to have a fun hunt camp with? Who do people want to learn from essentially? And, you know, and finding time slots, I'm sure you could probably talk to us for hours and hours about where, who gets the primetime slots when they air all that quarter jazz, you know, I'm sure that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) That's that's the the boring part of the business, right? Yeah. You know, no one would listen to that one. Hey, one thing that I you know, you know what's refreshing? Can I tell you one thing that's refreshing yeah, in this space? Lemonade is no, no, no. Uh, um, vodka. Lemonade is refreshing. <laughs> yes, summer day. <laughs> really like that. Now, um, by and large, the the talent that we have on our networks, when you meet them in person, they are very much like they are on camera. Yeah, I would you agree know, with that. They, we don't, you know, we're not, we're not producing mega stars, you know, Michael Waddell, arguably, you know, one of the biggest talents on our network in this space, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, he's, you know, he's relatively anonymous outside of uh, Cabela's and Bass Pro, you know, he can walk down the street and, yeah. uh, and, and not, be, although I'll tell you, you know, I've been with him and you, you see, I mean, you know, regardless of where he's at. He, he is approached because we do have, you know, a passionate following in this space. But yeah, yeah, you know, the, the perfect the, amount of famous. Perfect amount of famous. Yeah. There are there are exceptions. There's some very good people and and I believe me, I, I have conversations on multiple levels with them. You know, some is just kind of fun, we screw around, do whatever. Went to uh Daytona five hundred with Hal Schaefer and Greg Zipadelli from Drop Zone oh, boy. and with Don and Candy. Don and Candy Kissy. It was a, we just had an absolute blast, but you know, but there's others who are, you know, like, you know, struggling with, you know, what they need to be doing in their business and how our things are evolving. And it's, you know, they're, they're, they're very good people that we work with. So, uh, it, it really is probably the only thing that keeps me from uh, drinking 24 seven is that I absolutely love the, the industry. I love the market that we're in and, and I really get to work with some amazing people. For sure. And you can tell that talking to you, you know, it's, it's, I have a, I have a great respect for you, especially now they're talking that we can have a conversation. Like I disagree, or I just not a fan of the Buzzbus deal. You can explain it to me, and we're not in an argument. You did your homework, and he still came on the the podcast. I can't believe it. Yeah, that, you, that man, amazes us. Too. I wonder what that bet was that you lost, dude. <laughs> you know what? But, I get it. That's, so when I when I see online, and that's not what like you guys. It, it it's it's frustrating for me because I I have a little different insight, and I can say things differently than a than a host talent can because you know they're they're host talent, right? But, right. You know, I'm just, I, you know, I, I work, I represent the network and, um, you know, it, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a tough job, but, uh, my boss was joking with me the other day. He said, but you know, I have job security cause nobody else would want to do my job. <laughs> right. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> one, one thing I do want to touch on because I'll never hear the end of it from our listeners. If I don't at least just bring it up and we don't have to dwell on the way we did the whole buzz situation, oh, but, go. um, Chris Brackett was local to us. And uh, like yeah. he, I mean, local is in like I could be to his place. He calls Castle Kill in forty five minutes if I wanted to, you know. Been there, 
and uh, which it's a cool. It was a really cool place. Um, probably not too cool anymore. But um, I'm just. Was that an easier thing for you guys? Like, oh, absolutely, this is done after seeing it because there was like video evidence, or is it still the same process of like, well, yeah, we have to pull it because yeah, because it was weird because we no there choice. was no legal case about it. There was just video that. Yeah you know, allege that this happened. And, you know, it was like, okay, so it was clear as day, but obviously you guys have a legal department and, you know, the way that you guys sign contracts, it wasn't as probably as easy for you guys. So, you know, yeah, yeah, we're curious about that. From a, on a, on a human level, nothing about either of those situations is easy. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, I, I remember my call with the buzzbuses. I was down in my basement at my, in my, my workshop, essentially sitting there and I was like, man, and it was a, it was a tough call. And, um, sorry to pull you, you back know, into and, this. And, yeah, no, no, it's okay. It, it, it's, I, I've, I'm in therapy. I'm getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it. he's joking um, guys. <laughs> no, but, uh, it, but so, but for me, you know, I, I have to, uh, preface any conversation about, you know, Chris Brackett's situation with, with a disclosure that, you know, one of the, he's one of the first guys I met in this interview. Pat Reeve from Baron TV um, was one of the first guys I, I met outside of Steve Puppy who got me into the business. Mm -hmm. um, I, I met Chris early on when Chris was, you know, I think he he was just starting the bow fishing deal and, yeah. and, and, and was aspiring to get into this space and was passionate about the outdoors. You know, and then I kind of went away from him for a while. And then I came back in this role and, and dealt with Chris and, and a couple of things, you know, fear no evil. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of new producers, when we get shows that are submitted to us, you know, they're like, Hey, uh, my show is going to be different. It's, it's going to be educational and entertaining. And, you know, and they're no different. They're, you know, everything, they, they, a lot of them look alike. Yeah. Fear no evil was very different. Right. Well, Arrow affliction uh, was like, Arrow affliction was very different. You know, and yeah. and Chris, as, as a creative guy, was amazing. And in fact, I had a recent conversation with him. You know, in in many respects, he was a he's like a superhero in some areas. But guess what? You know, uh, like Superman has his kryptonite. Uh, uh, Chris had his human side as well. Yeah. So when course. when that when that whole thing came down, uh, you, you know, um, and, and you go back to talking about hunting as entertainment. Chris was and is a very skilled. Uh, archery guy, he's yeah, no doubt. Is a great shot, uh, but yeah, I think his deer hunting improved dramatically. And you know, he, he wasn't always killing giant deer, but he got really good at it, and he got re so really good at killing big deer. Um, you know, and um, you know, and got kind of caught up in 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 the whole in the whole space here. So, which I, I think saw, it was obvious to see that. Well, we've met him a lot in person. But I, sure. giving him credit in the early days, I've said this on the podcast before when we've, we've been doing this for just over three years, Arrow Affliction, I used to binge watch Arrow Affliction, and I met Bracken. He was a hero at one point. Well, then I started to like be in the industry, if you will, and kind of learn more about him. But And that's where you know I didn't have a hatred, hatred, but then this came out, and I'm like, man, that sucks. Mm. He's polarizing, absolutely, but I, what I can tell you, I know him personally, and I've, I had him to my home. I used to feed him when he would come through Minneapolis driving up to uh, Saskatchewan. They would stop, and we would we would probably give him his only meal that wasn't going to be McDonald's <laughs> uh, between between Peoria and Saskatoon. Right. And um so, um, you know, so I've got, no, he sat at the table with my kids. And so Ooh. to have to watch, 
to watch that video for me was like, wow, that really sucks. Now, the other thing that really sucked yeah. about it is that the poaching video is four years old. And, and, yeah. and, you know, people, people talk about, oh, well, Chris Brackett got caught and he turned to God. I think, no, I've had many conversations with Chris about God and many of them were two, three years ago. You know, this is, this was not a new thing for Chris. You know, Chris has, uh, he has, has and had been evolving. And, and what I saw in that video was a younger Chris Brackett who, you know, was doing what he thought he had to do, which he knows wasn't the right thing to do. And I was like, wow, well, that's really unfortunate, you know? And so, but yeah, I, you know, our, the only thing easy about it is our guidelines are pretty clear, you know? Right. Um, which you know, they need to be, though. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that, so, you know, I don't, you don't have to, you know, because once we, sw once we stray away from that, it's, you know, it's, it's, we have no credibility. So, right. you know, and then the, and then the other, the other video surfaces, and you know, um, I, I'm I'm a pretty level-headed guy. Um, the camera guy video you're referring I, to? Yeah, the camera guy video. I I don't know the context of it, but I know Chris had you know put a lot of pressure on himself to deliver. I don't you know we don't know what led up. I think we can assume that you know something the guy missed a shot or did whatever did something and. You know, unfortunately for Chris, at probably one of the lowest points of of his life, you know, the camera's rolling and the guy gets it, and it's like, you know what? I've heard people tell me that that was worse than the poaching video. I, you know what? I just, I, I think it was unfortunate, but you know, um, he's human, and you know, he's acknowledged that. So, so you know, so now, so where does he go from here, right? I mean, he's, yeah, can he he's have another show working. ever? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know if, you know, what, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, he, he, we don't have a, we don't have a blacklist policy for the network. So, right. um, you know, does he, does he deserve a lifetime ban? I mean, I, I saw a news report about Lance Armstrong, the cycle guy. That guy was a dope fiend who was cheating <laughs> for like the better part of a decade. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's he's found a life. Chris Brackett on camera shot two deer with one tag, and you know. And by the way, you know, there's you know, there's issues around. Well, his camera guy may or may not have had a tag. He's not implicating the camera guy. There's you know, obviously mistakes were made, but it's like okay, he he really messed up. And um, and you know what? As part of him building his brand over the years. He's alienated people. He, you know, you either loved him or you didn't. Yeah. And when when he when he made a mistake, the the haters rallied around it. And I think that is something, Kurt. When you and I talked about doing this, that that for me, and that particularly for my boss Jim Libertor, was very disheartening to see how some of the people that Chris and, and so Chris had the door open to him by guys like Pat Reeve. Mm -hmm. And guys who I, I've seen video, I saw a video that Chris submitted to Pat Reeve when Pat was with Hunter Specialties and Chris sent a, like a demo reel saying, Hey, this is me. This is me and my dog. And, and it was so cool to see just, you know, it was like, it was like just a, 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 a different kind of guy, you know, and then, you know, Chip Spalding and others who were around that, that, you know, Chris then opened the door to others and, yeah. and really Chip's a great friend of ours. And, yeah, yeah. We love Chip. Yeah. Right. Well, so you know, to see to see Chris's circle around him kind of collapse and see what you know, people essentially taking joy in the downfall of somebody who really is one of us. You know, he we're we're all broken and we all make mistakes. And at the end of the day, 
the some of the some of the things like Wax Star Hunters. I don't even know who Wax Star Hunters is, but when when they they go and they write articles about the downfall of our talent, and it's out there forever in perpetuity. It just it hurts us. I'm not saying don't address it, don't acknowledge that it's there and it happened. But really, you know, Field and Stream writing an article, essentially like the top ten or whatever, it's like, come on, you know, do you really care about our industry? Are you going to write an article and list out that you know we how many how many deer a year do hunters in America kill? It's like a million, and you know, and if we kill if we kill fifteen hundred on TV a year, and one every five years is problematic. It's like you know they they create a list for our detractors to essentially. Google and say, yeah, this is why hunting should be banned. It's like, right. I don't, yeah, I don't we, agree with we, that we, at all. That sucks. But at the same time, you know, I, I've already, I'm not going to go into it because I've already, you can mm. go back in the podcast and, you know, I, I will state, I full blown stated my opinion on bracket and I don't change any opinions I have or experience. I've had uh, several negative personal experiences with them in person and uh, we've talked about it and that's whatever. And, you know, it's, I yeah, get it. Just, you know, it, it, it really, just sucks. It, it does suck. It sucks to see you know the downfall of such an aspiring good talent. I mean, you're putting good content out, and then and then you know maybe maybe his head got too big, and then this happened. But you know, I, I've always said that you know America's well, maybe land a second pressure makes you feel like you, pressure makes you feel like you have to do certain things. Yeah, but it's just, anyway. I just, it, it sucks. I wanted to bring it up. We had to talk about it at least. Um, but I mean, the positive. There's a way more positive personalities and. Uh, and good for our industry that's on all those networks and yeah, other platforms sure. as well, YouTube, Carbon TV, anything else. Um, yeah, Mitch, give us a positive personality that you really enjoy. Give us like a good story about someone super positive to bring the energy back up. Oh, we're going to have to dig deep here. This one time we were at a bar. Oh, man, dude, we were <laughs> drinking beer. Joke. He's like, this was... <laughs> I, have, I, have a, I have a lot of them. Like I said, when, when I first took uh, took this job on, I, I spent a lot of time you know, going and seeing our producers. I wanted to see their operations. I wanted to go. I had uh, a Ralph and Vicky Chantarillo down in your neck of the woods. They're so uh, fun. Vicky the best us, people ever. She made, she made us uh, moose chili. And, you know, and we had a conversation not dramatically different than this conversation we just had, but to sit at their home and to, to see, uh, just to see, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of their episodes to, to see a lot of the mounts in their office to meet their teams is, is really cool. Um, you know, I, there's, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I love, I love all of them. I, I have folks that, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, are easier to deal with than others, but it's you know, <laughs> the ones that aren't that, but the ones that aren't, I mean, um, are just passionate, right? You know, yeah. so like Ted Nugent's one of our customers, and Ted is in a league of his own. And I had the privilege of getting my head chewed off by by Ted Nugent, and I'm the like, privilege. It was like, a, it was it was like no. And, and by the way, I mean, it was. I mean, he he, he did. You know, it's not a rant. It's like an oratory when Ted yelled. <laughs> right. It's like. I wish I would have recorded it because uh, if you ever want to see Ted in in his, you, know, you have to go to like YouTube to hear him talk the way he was talking to me, and it was like, you know, but it's very passionate and his experience and you know and, and his passion for everything. It's like so great personality to deal with. Um, he wrote Stranglehold, man. I got to bring this. I'm sorry, I got to bring this up about Ted Nugent. So here's the here's the great thing. Um, 
I, I got two things. Like, if I ever got cursed out by Ted Nugent or whatever, I would love that. Like, I heard this story about, and I'm a big pro that. wrestling fan. Uh, there was some guy who tried to buy Ric Flair a beer at a bar, and he called him a fat bastard and then walked away and the guy blogged about it and he's like what a terrible experience like how great would that be if the 16 time world heavyweight champion called me a fat prick and then drank a beer and then walked away dude that would be the greatest moment of my life until i heard about this story that my girlfriend said she's up around um she grew up around barrington and uh there's a story circuit i don't know how true it is I'm going to throw it out there. I, I would love to hear if people can validate it. I guess uh, an area around there where he was born was looking for a football stadium. And Ted Nugent's like, I will fund it. I will give you a million dollars. But you have to name it Ted fucking Nugent's football field. And they said no. <laughs> I, I And I'm like, I'm like, is that, a, is that a real thing? And she's like, as far as she knew it was, I would hope that would be true because that would be the greatest thing. Every football team comes out to stranglehold. At the, I would, I'm would, i getting super giddy just talking about it, man. That would be awesome, but I doubt that's true. I hope it's true. Please, somebody find information about that. We'll send you stickers. How's that you sound? Just use our platform this, for this sort of stuff, Steve. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> just yeah. have to. So, I do, I do, this position does afford me the opportunity to, to, to do some hunting, and I've, I've been able to hunt a little bit with some folks. And, and, and I assure you, uh, these are legitimate business trips. These are not hunting boondoggle trips. <laughs> right. um, uh, okay, I see. I, see. I have, uh, and I'm a whitetail. I'm a whitetail hunter. Um, I grew up uh, mostly fishing and hunting some small game, mostly like rabbits and pheasants in southern Minnesota. And, uh-huh. and then I joined this com- this company. We sold uh, uh, military shooting range type products, and and so I did started doing a lot of shooting. And I was like, well, that's where I kind of say, wow, I, I've never deer hunted. This was 15 years ago, I think. And so I want to. I wanted to get into that. And then my buddy uh, John Roush is his name. He he said he got me. He, he put me on a spot. I ended up not getting deer the first year. I got one my second year. And he said, "Okay, um, now you need to go bow hunting." He go, but I warn you, uh, once you go, you're you're never going back. Uh-huh. And down the was, rabbit hole. He was mostly right. My wife actually bought me a. Uh, it was a PSE like. A, fire flight combo set from Cabela's. Uh, I went out and I, I probably shot a couple deer in the butt and maybe missed a few before I started <laughs> figuring some things out and uh, upgraded my equipment and uh, and got into hunting that way. But I have never hunted elk. I'm a Minnesota guy, and, and we do have elk here, but we you can only hunt like one a year and one a lifetime. Uh, so I'm... Um, I'm going to do my first elk hunt this year, an archery elk hunt down in New Mexico. Oh, very cool. And um, so last year I did a rifle hunt with Roger Raglan, who's been oh, in the industry be cool. for 30 years. That would be a riot. It. It's like, who, exactly, who do you want to spend time in camp with? I'm like, you know, I want to sit. I brought my son, who was 13 at the time, who's never shot a deer. He shot at a few, but he'd never killed one. And uh, I said, hey, let him shoot. And so we did. And he, he missed a nice one down there, just a 135-inch Ten point ish, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, this year my my big hunt will be uh, an archery hunt with Will Primos in New Mexico, and, and I'm, that know, will be awesome. To, I've uh, and my first assignment when I worked for Polaris was to essentially be Will Primos's handler. We had to drive him. I drove him from the Minneapolis airport to Babe Winkleman's property in northern Minnesota to do a field and stream shoot. Was so, that your first you know, day on the um, job? 
It was my, yeah, yeah, it was a contract. So it was my first official assignment. Oh, my was God. To wow. <laughs> what a great job. So three-and-a-half-hour drive with Will Primos and just the, the nicest guy in the world. And I've really just enjoyed working with him and, and the Primos team, and they're all they're all good guys. So. That's very cool. Uh, that was that was your uplifting story. It's like <laughs> Will Primos is, is one, of, one of the good guys in this space. And you can really tell that for sure. About it. All right, now give us the worst yeah. story. Bring us back down again. I want something <laughs> to drink to. <laughs> the worst the worst story you don't actually have to do uh, that no, you don't have to say one. names but let's hear it <laughs> steve's encouraging negativity no, and i'm like no, no don't <laughs> you can't as you want i mean nothing's off the table here yeah, considering that this business is built is, is very competitive you know our producers all compete for the same dollars and that um by and large they're all well behaved you know they're for the most part respectful they're yeah. you know they uh you know they work they work well with each other a lot of them do appearances together um there there's not a lot of a lot of uh uh you know really bad things in this space hey can i ask yeah can I, I, ask I would the- agree with that too though because we've talked to a lot of people and we've met a lot of people just throughout the podcast and shows and getting to hang out with this person knows this person we meet up and to get to hang out with some of these people and they're just like all of us it's just what you, it's what you hoped for you know what i mean How about like cody cody robbins in canada i mean i, I meet cody robbins as i want to adopt him he's like the <laughs> nicest guy i've never met him no well part of me wants to adopt him because the dude's like chasing 220 inch mule deer over there and <laughs> That I've, we've had a couple people request him on the podcast, and I just I've never met him, but I know he he's always on some giants. I watch a lot of his videos oh, online. Who's telling so, us about him? Um, I can't remember. But he I know he's always find his like his kid will be on his like and he has one of those like backpack things for your baby, and he'll be out yeah. shed hunting and just find just like a a giant, giant half size bigger than the baby. Yeah, pr- <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. What you guys should do, uh, first of all, I know a guy who can make that happen, but uh, Cody and Pat Reeve are good buddies, and they do shed hunting. We did a little shed hunting piece with them for the network this year. You know, they both killed giant whitetails with their bows, and Pat's killed one of the biggest ever typicals, I think, on camera, and has filmed a bunch of others. But uh, get those two guys on the show together. We'll make it happen for you. Oh, that'd and, be awesome. Uh, uh, we got to get a Clark conversation. And- our buddy Clark used to, uh, who lives pretty local to us, used to film for Pat. Uh, I think that's how he got his foot in the door. Oh, I don't know Clark Cummins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know Mitch if you know him or not. Which is, it's a cool thing about this industry because you guys like Pat, who got in. Pat was introduced to this space by uh, by Steve Puppy and Hunter Specialties, and you, you think of you know what Mossy Oak and Real Tree and Hunter Specialties and Primos, how many people those companies brought. Um, into this space it's it's pretty impressive yeah that is it's cool to think about and we're over here just doing our podcast yeah we're just sitting (laughs) we're sitting here drinking beers (laughs) like dude we we get a lot of people you know i I wonder like you know these um all these bigger names you know pat nicole lee and tiffany uh all, all the bigger names you know they probably have people sending them like you know, giant deer and things they got on camera. It's like, man, I, I was so inspired to to do this because of you. Like, what it's most, about, man. most of our listeners send us a can of bush light them next to like a radio, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm really yeah. enjoying the episode." Like, oh, all right. well, listening at work. You know, we get a lot of a lot of yeah, messages they're drinking from at work. <laughs> well, we get a lot of people 
listening at work and we get a lot mm-hmm. of people sending us like photos with our hats and our gear on that's what it's all about we're one big community one big family and that's how that's how we do our show you know mitch that's why we can talk to you for over an hour right. and we've never met in person but we hit it off like we all know each other that's the beautiful thing about hunters and sportsmen and what we do you know it's just our community is so awesome yeah we are on the same team just don't forget that and you know and if you have issues you have you, you now have my contact info I'd, i would love to to be in con- a contributor uh in in the future if there's something that just doesn't sit well with you um you know, the one thing you, you when I mentioned Will Primos on that that trip with Will, he he talked about um, you talked about you know people reaching out, and absolutely, I've seen I get the viewer feedback, and we get now social media has opened the floodgates <laughs> oh, there where boy. every everybody is so accessible now, and you know for the most part these folks if if, if there's so much you know they got people helping them, but um, I'll send viewer feedback because I, I get I get a lot less now that social media is around, but I'll get an email that someone submitted through a form. And as long as they're respectful, even if they're critical, you know, we we send them to the right person and the right talent, and we give them a, we we give them a response. Um, and Will Primos mentioned that you know he walked into Cabela's. This was you know eight ten years ago. You know, and and everybody wants to tell them their deer story, mm-hmm. and and he loved and he absolutely loved it. But you know, it, at you know, all, all it takes, you know, go back to you know Chris Brackett. To, and, and, and Chris, Chris maybe had more bad days than good days back in the day, right? But like even Will Primos is like, man, you know, I'm I'm just here to pick up another pack of Rage Broadheads, and I got and I gotta go because I'm driving to Montana, you know. And and Joe Blow wants to talk about his, uh, you know, his his six point or whatever, you know. And it's like, and and Will did tell me he goes, that's hard because you know. Uh, and actually, at, at ATA last year, Jim Shockey came into our booth, and we're just now I'm turning into a major name dropper here, which is kind of an inside joke with my team. I'm a big name dropper. But, <laughs> we but do Shockey, it too. Oh, all the time. Yeah. So Shockey uh, was in our booth, and like it was almost two hours later, he left, and we didn't. It wasn't an appearance. It wasn't scheduled. He sat there. We were chatting about something, and someone came up, and boom! It was like it line formed just to tell, you know, for Jim to say, and, and, you know, and it's very cool, but the, this guy, this is, this business is passion for, you know, everybody who's in it. So, um, a, a lot of it helps fuel the, the passion, you know, when they're dealing with the BS that they have to deal with. It's like, yeah, you know, and, you know, we did a lot of work with raised hunting and raised hunting reached a lot of people, you know, in a manner that was you know, very, very deep and impactful. And so, you know, I know that, you know, they, they weren't crazy about the TV space, but they had a story they wanted to tell. And then when their viewers would come, it would send fan mail. And when they would meet them at trade shows and, and like tears running down their face on what the show meant for them, it's like, it's, it's interesting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then the opposite is when something blows up and you go to social media and you see everybody just tearing each other down so yeah i'm i'm uh i'm, I'm going to now be a, a light for positivity in this space and I, I appreciate you guys having me on because uh we, we we do have a tough road to hoe when it comes to defending uh our passion i, I think everything about hunting is absolutely right 
Uh, I did a TV show on Monday morning, a local Minnesota Bound, it's called Minnesota Bound on the NBC affiliate. And the story was a guy from California uh, who never had a hunting experience, and I took him and his two kids out. He had gone through firearms training, and he took his two young kids, who were seven and nine, to a turkey seminar that they had for it. And I gave them their first hunting experience. And, of course, the That's birds awesome. didn't cooperate, but, but, but they, got, they got to experience everything we take for granted, which is, hey, we we sat in a blind, we got to hear birds, we got to see a whole bunch of things, we walked around the woods, the kids found turkey feathers, it was like, you know, they, they yeah, we had a really, you know, we put up, we probably walked like four or five miles, these kids didn't even know it, you know, because you, know, you tell my kids, hey, go go walk four or five miles, they'll be like, no way. Right. Like, hey, go, in, go into the woods, and you don't tell them how far we're walking, and it just happens. So. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Yeah, no, hey, I just wanted to uh, quickly, and we can move on, I just want to add to that, um, you know, positivity out there. Uh, yeah, obviously it's known that our area, that Luke Bryan hunts here frequently, and, um, you know, if that guy goes any, he can't go anywhere because if he goes to, like, buy tags at a local store or someone hears about him, he'll be there three hours because he won't say no to fans. Um, you know, there, and there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, his music, blah, blah, blah. Dude, the guy, if people are there, he loves to just sit there and chat with them. He just loves his fans so much, and he's just such a happy guy. So, yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit of positivity. That's oh, all yeah. I wanted to I've, do. I want to bring it up. I've worked with, uh, yeah, I'm working with the low cash guys, and in fact, Chris Brackett was the one who introduced me to him because he did appearances with them at the Great America Outdoor Days, and and those guys too, they're, they're the same way. If you ever go see them in concert, they love their fans. They, the fans are are paying their freight, so if you don't yeah, take no, care no. of them. Uh, they're not going to take care of you. And those guys, yeah. by the way, the low cash guys are very interested in the outdoors. And it, it's it's unfortunate in country music space. You would think that it's a friendly environment, but they they you know they're they're guys that are pretty careful about what they talk about and what they promote because they're not all of their fans are are you know pro hunting. Right. And, and that's where we got to get it to. We we just have to we got to make sure that it is acceptable for us to hunt and to do it, you know, to do it ethically, to be responsible, to you know, introduce people to the sport. Uh, it, it's a key. And, and really just so we can all get along. Yeah, exactly. No Tell those guys to come on a podcast. But speaking of fans, real, real quick, I, I know have fans we've that... been running this for a while here. Um, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, <laughs> we need to, uh, touch quickly on some social media questions and we can kind of, um, you know, they can be quick answers, yeah. or you can go into detail for as long as you need to. Um, whatever. I'll try to. I'll try to be brief. Um, TJ Younger, a uh, good buddy, writes in. Um, I'd like to hear your take on the future of outdoor entertainment. Uh, traditional broadcast viewership continues to decline. Online platforms are saturated. YouTube and social media are flagging firearms. We've kind of talked about this already, but um, yep. in your professional opinion, what is next, and what is the future, and is the future viable? Um. We did talk about it a little bit. I, I think the future is absolutely viable. Um, I, I think he sent, I posted this uh, uh, that I was going on tonight, and I think he posted the same question to my Facebook. Um, I talked about, you know, the industry is transitioning. So you, you can't think of what it looks like today and, and say, because it won't, it won't look like it does today you know a year from now this industry has has you know, morphed and it's it's probably gone through a couple of generations in the last you know 16 months right things mm -hmm. are are evolving quickly and, and like i said our networks are evolving and the market is evolving I, I think one thing we have to be careful of um 
I, I read an article and, they, and it was a producer, a former producer, talking about the barrier to entry um, used to be so high in this space, and now it's low because anybody can be can be producing content now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would I would argue that one of the challenges we have in outdoor television in the past decade is the barrier to entry has been too low, and anybody could be on TV. And it, it's it's harder now because the market is contracting. And I don't necessarily think having, you know, like my son, who I love dearly, who's 14 years old, who just started his own little fishing blog, is now competing with um, Roland Martin or Scott Martin, for that matter, for right. impressions. <laughs> and, that, and, okay, it, it, it's not the same. And, um, you know, it, it, is, it, is it good content? My kid's done some great content. I'm not going to lie. But it's not the same as having Scott Martin tell you about patterning fish and bass and, and what have you. And the risk we run in this space, because we are such a small industry, is that content everywhere for free at whatever level of quality, at, at the end of the day, there's there's not enough money in this space to support all of it. So it, it, we, we run the risk of uh, if, if companies can't be profitable in this space, they're going to leave it. And all of a sudden, we're going to be like, well, look, well, you know, for YouTube may correct that problem part of it for us if they start banning all the hunting in, in that. But it's, you know, it, it's our position as a network is we already are available. You mentioned it earlier. We're available and we're committed to being available on every relevant OT key platform there is. It takes time sometimes to get on there. But, you know, the perception versus reality when, when people are talking about, oh, you know, you got to be, you got to have a, be in a speed bundle. Well, we're, we, we launched on Sling TV a year ago uh, in HD for Outdoor Channel, Sportsman, and World Fishing Network. There, there was 1.3 million subscribers, you know, but if you read the headlines, you'd be like, well, everybody's going digital. And it's like, so, you know, and that, that platform's growing. So I think to answer the question, um, there is, I think there is definitely viability in outdoor television. It's going to change. I think the market's contracting, so things are probably going to be a little bit more efficient. But, you know, print has been dead for the better part of a decade now. Um, you know, uh, TiVo is going to kill commercials. Um, our, our business is so unique that for, for guys like you, you guys will. You guys made DVR a show, but you probably watch the commercials anyways because you want to see info on the product. Not gonna lie, I totally do. Yeah, of course. But that's what our, I'm I'm affirming what our research shows and what what we talk to folks. So, and by the way, I I read an interesting article today about digital versus television. Uh, You know, television, I'll ask you this, did you watch the Super Bowl? You know, the biggest sporting event in uh, in the world? No, I watched the Masters instead. But did you (laughs) see who the presenting sponsor was for the Super Bowl this year? I haven't. It was YouTube. It was YouTube, YouTube Red. Oh, really? Right? I had no idea. So, like, yeah. So that, and and by the way, I've heard that Hulu and others are looking at acquiring television networks. And that television as a medium is legitimate and is is here to stay. I think it's going to be different than what we all think five years from now. You know, there's going to be as technology evolves and you know and things transfer easier from my phone or my tablet or my PC to my screen in whatever room I want. But the content is going to be there. We're, we're committed to consolidating a lot of that for the industry and, and serving it wherever people want to watch it. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, is Carbon TV going to be the winner on this deal? No, you know, 
no, I think you know there's going to be there's going to be some consolidation in the space, and um, I would I would bet on Outdoor Sportsman Group to be and continue to be the leader in this space. Interesting, definitely. Which you I, would, know. I watch all platforms honestly um, when I can. I don't have Outdoor Channel, but when I can, or if I'm somewhere and it has it, or like I I travel a lot for work, or I did, I would always look to for an outdoor network mm-hmm. of whatever kind, especially if I'm on the road, it kind of helps me feel at home. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I would agree that TV definitely, it, you're kind of changing the way I look at things with TV because I initially, I would thought everything was going to go digital My outdoor TV, carbon TV, YouTube is what I thought everything would be. But you know, you're kind of opening my mind into basically what you just said. It, it makes, it makes complete sense to me. Hey, but I, I so I, I use social media. I'm 48 years old. I'm I am starting to uh, ask questions like my father used to. I'm having my kids <laughs> kind of main, maintain my computers now. But you know, so I, I I watch a ton of you know traditional television. I watch our networks, obviously, but I'll also watch you know videos on my phone or little things or whatever. It's like people it, things have absolutely changed the way we're consuming consuming it. But I st- there is still absolutely a market for higher quality, um, you know, and, and, and the talent. Yeah, that's the other thing. The article I read this morning was about uh, social media influencers. And it's funny, uh, one of the, a young woman who's in my social media circle, you know, just did a deal with Traeger. And I'm like, she doesn't know how to cook, and she can't afford to buy meat for her Traeger, hmm. right? But, but, but she's now a social media influencer. And the article I read this morning was like, people are generally distrustful of social media influencers. So I, I think our industry <laughs> is, it, we, yeah. And so our industry is, uh, and by the way, they're not 100% trusting of our hosts, but most of them they are. I mean, if, if Fred Eichler told you to do something in, in traditional archery, you would do it. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. question Fred Eichler, right? So, um, yeah. I, I think our industry is slow to evolve. But I think you will see that, um, you know, the other, I do a lot of reading while I'm not watching TV. The other article was about in national television, there are 200 or so national advertisers that really fund television. You could probably, we could name them off if we had enough time and beer, you know, <laughs> Gillette and Progressive and all these others. And, and so, so, you know, love it or not, it's legitimate and it works. You know television. what's what's kind of weird about that, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I I just, I just want to bring up this point. So I I, I knew something was kind of amiss when, um, you know, I'd, I'd listen to radio at work, and you know, this is a change up the vibe. Ryan Seacrest would be on, and he would be like sponsored by Coca Cola. I'm like, there's no way that dude's drinking Coca Cola because I know what's in it, and it's bad for me. But I'm working class, so I don't care. <laughs> you know, I was like, there's no way. But like, right. you know, the the way I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, I listen to comedy, golf. Um, a whole bunch, and you start seeing the same things. Like, um, there's the same people who are, who are, who are advertising because I think they found a niche like me undies, um, things like that. Like an underwear company is is box all over advertising. Yeah, box club, and they're all over these, and it, it kind of goes to that point. Well, yeah, you know, I guess that kind of brings back the point of why we watch outdoor television commercials because it appeals to us because it is outdoors. You know, you hear a guy going on a rant about traffic, and he's like, by the way. Let's hear about uh, uh, Dollar Shave Club. You know, it's a great product, but I just I didn't see that coming. You know, if I'm right. if I'm watching Respect the Game, I'm expecting elite bows. That's just the commercials right. I'm expecting. You know, it's just it, it's so funny when you watch. 
you know, primetime television. Yeah, hey, you're watching golf, and then here's like hemorrhoid medicine commercials. It's just it's right. it's weird, man. Right. Well, also a wider well, the, the audience. The back half of that now. article. That's true that, too. This, I, I didn't want to cut you off, but the back half of the article I read talked about digital advertising, where you know there are now tens of thousands of digital ads, and they're not all legitimate. So there and there are you know flat out you know advertising in the digital space that is that is fraudulent. So you know. Digital advertising, there's still, we, we call it the, uh, it's the last mile in advertising. You watch, you watch Respect the Game, um, and you like Elite Archery. But that last mile is what gets you off your couch, into the bow shop, shooting the bow, and buying it, right? Yep. And that's mm-hmm. just it. That's, you know, that's a challenge that TV has. We present an amazing audience of outdoor enthusiasts, uh, outdoor enthusiasts to these advertisers, but ultimately, the advertisers, it's their responsibility to have the product and the offer and the positioning and all that. All we do is we like, we consolidate bow hunters who watch bow hunting TV. And so, so then I get it. The allure is like, well, if I just did it online and all they had to do was click and go, well, guess what? It ain't happening. People aren't buying elite bows on an impulse by clicking a button and saying, yeah, I'll just configure it and send it. No, there's, you, you still have that same challenge where you have to get them to go that last mile. You still, you know, whether they found it. And, and so the research shows that you need to have a multifaceted uh, platform that is television and print and radio and uh, digital and social and all and all of those mm-hmm. to help you know, to, to to make sure that when that person does eventually leave the couch and go to the bow shop, they're buying elite. And so right. I think what's happening. Which is, the example is you, know, you just gave is uh, not to cut you off too, but podcast is a supporter and sponsor of our show. They have TV shows. They they're in magazine ads, so they got all their markets covered. Which. Right, you know, you just make your point. Yeah, of yeah life. you yeah. have to. Right. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, and, it, and it makes sense. Um, oh God, did we fall into the Illuminati? Are we just a pawn? Yeah, in the we're, scheme, we're just bought. <laughs> we're just bought. Um, I've hypnotized all of you, by the way. You did. You, yeah, you, you did. absolutely I, have. Hey, I, I, I don't I'm like to think you're the reptilian overlord. Okay, you can troll all these people. Yeah. <laughs> Send Mitch free bows and beer. Send Mitch free bows and beer. <laughs> Mitch, I, I, are you I, hearing something? Dude, I, I, I got to know. All right, I, I want to get to know you on a, on a personal level. What beer right. would you drink if you had to choose any beer, period? You, you know it's bizarre? I was like, man, I bet they're going to ask me about what beer I'm drinking. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie. He knows. I may have had two beers while this was going on. May man, we have like twelve <laughs> each. What, <laughs> what beers were they? Hey, no, hold on. You're from Minnesota. I guarantee so they're Grain Belt. You. He's going to tell us what beer. No, I, I, Grain Belt is an interesting beer from Minnesota. I appreciate you knowing that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite beers is um, is a Minnesota beer called Summit EPA. Oh yes, it's yes, a, yes. It's, yeah, it's a it's an awesome beer. You know, they call it a microbrew, but it's a it's a big brew. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's as much a microbrew as Pat Tire is a microbrew, which I also like. <laughs> I, our, our buddy so, Drew uh, Booth is a huge beer enthusiast, and I had the conversation with him about Fat Tire. That's not a craft beer anymore. Yeah. So I had my first beer tonight was Vanilla Porter from Breckenridge Brewery. Nice. You know, staying true to my Colorado uh, roots, uh, which was where it was where Outdoor Sports Group is headquartered. Ah, and uh, the, the second the second empty bottle in my garbage can or my recycling <laughs> bin, I'll call it, um, is a local beer called Excelsior. 
and uh, it's a brown ale. And it's the and I know that I went to college with the guy who owns it, and so the the name of the beer is called Bitteschlappi, B I T T E S C H L A with two uh, two dots over it, P P E. And when they brewed the beer, they said they needed to have a fancy made up German name. <laughs> so Bitteschlappi is actually they pronounce it bitch slap. Oh. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so look 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 it up. Excelsior Brewing. Write, write that down, Steve. There's a right. there's a much longer beer story there that I don't think we need to bore your, your viewers with, but it involves uh Excelsior Brewing and the Rolling Stones. I'll tell you that some other time. Okay, oh, there you go. Um, I'm a I'm a big go, Minnesota. Let's fan go back to the social media and shut up, Steve, for a minute. Um Allison has a really loaded question. We've kind of gone through most of this, um, so thank you, Allison. We had her on last episode, so appreciate your support. Um, this is a funny one from our listener, D-Rock, uh, and I, he's kidding, but I had to ask it just for, to make him happy. What will it take to get Working Class Bowhunter on the Outdoor Sportsman's channel? He said <laughs> Outdoor Sportsman's channel there. Yeah, that's a two-in-one combo there, D-Rock. Um, and I would guess a lot of money. That would be my guess. Um you don't have to answer it. I just had to say it <laughs> for a podcast. Well, I would tell you, you know, uh, send 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 me your uh, send me a pilot episode and the treatment and your business plan, and and we have um, with my team, we have I think about twelve criteria that we look at when we're considering shows for air. And um, you know, not everybody makes it, but uh, yeah, this is going into Allison's question also, so that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. What's Just the, the, the process of airing the show of get, like of bringing it to air. Yeah, what is yeah basically what is the process of airing a show? So basically, like a new show, if you, you know, if there's that twelve step yeah. process. So, you know, just because Outdoor Channel um, has you know been uh, has established talent, I'll say, and that there there really isn't a lot of churn on Outdoor Channel. Um, so if someone mentioned scheduling before, it's like, I, I don't have a lot of flexibility because, um, you know, gen, gen, essentially a show needs to drop out of prime before I can move somebody else into prime. And so, right. um, like even, you know, uh, Red Arrow, which, um, has, you know, is a great show. And I was a fan of Red Arrow before I took this job, you know, they were on Sunday nights at 11 o'clock and, you know, we had an opportunity with a couple of shows falling out to move them into prime. So, uh, so it's, it's harder to get on an outdoor channel, but that process I outlined is, is kind of the same submit a, you know, submit a treatment and, and we'll look at it. Uh, but, uh, sportsman's channel has more availability. So, uh, you know, a show that we like, you know, like the Lindsay way, I would imagine you guys are fans of the Lindsay way. Oh, yeah, they've been on I'm literally, really wearing yeah. a Lindsay way hat right now. Yeah. No, good guys. Great show. And so, you know, we were able to accommodate them and put them in a good position and, you know, and then, and things kind of, you know, they, they evolve over time and, you know, sometimes the, the cream floats to the top and, you know, we, we try to, you know, promote and elevate those shows that are, that are doing it right and really reward those shows that are doing it right. For sure. Definitely. Uh, well, I think we've covered a lot on this, man. Um, Everything that we needed to, I think, unless there's something we missed that you want to cover. Um, we appreciate the hell out of your time, man, and I think it's been a great conversation. I think so, too. I, I appreciate, uh, Kurt, you having this brilliant idea and reaching out to me and finding how to get a hold of me and uh, <laughs> and, and, book, and booking this podcast. Um, 
yeah, it's great. You know, I, again, I was familiar and infamiliar with with the podcast. And like I said, I I didn't have any fear because I I think when you if you can step outside uh, and, and look at the industry from a different perspective, you know, it, we we really do need to figure out how to address issues and concerns and uh, without disparaging each other. And uh, you know, our sport depends on it. Yeah, man, yeah, I, for sure. You know, what my favorite part was like you didn't give a politician answer dude you just you ran with it you let us ask our questions well, it should and, be man and you were open and honest with us uh as far as we know you know we could have been hypnotized by the red pillion overlord that you are very politician like <laughs> but you know i i appreciate you know, the hell out of that you know how much i prepared for this uh podcast two beers I was going to say two beers, and I would say either zero or essentially every day for the last three years, because these are the conversations that me and my team have. You know, we are, you know, we're we're working. Uh, we, you just have to trust we're working to you know to promote the sport, to promote the space, to you know to uh, to make it a better place for all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, if you want, you know, put out social media links if you're in, into having people follow you on your personal stuff. If not, I guess. Uh, your companies. So. <laughs> he already gets it I'm all. Gonna, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a, a trust but verify guy. I'm going to listen to it and make sure you didn't like do some fancy editing to make me and like play things backwards. But yeah, assuming assuming it, it it's played as it aired, I think this is uh, a conversation that we should uh, spread far and wide because, uh, like again, we're we're all on the same team and we all share a passion. And uh, and we have an amazing mouthpiece as a network and as you know a publishing company and with our websites and and you know like I said you've got my contact info let's stay in touch because uh, uh, we we want to we want to keep uh, this conversation rolling. So you heard sure. it, Mitch Petrie is now the talking head of Outdoor Sportsman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yeah, Reptilian man, we'll, Overlord God, we'll have to do more, man. I appreciate you stick around on the phone here. Um, Steve, you got anything you want to add? Dude, I, I've added everything I can, man. I appreciate the hell out of your time. You are a busy, busy man, and we took two hours plus of your time. I, I cannot thank you enough, man. Thank you. Well, time well spent. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you're not out there chasing turkeys still, the mushrooms are coming. But either way, you should be shooting your bow when you get the time, which is all the time. Go shoot your bow. We love you. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.